0: Traveling
1: the Vortex
0: We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed at episode number 234, and Happy Father's Day, or as Stormageddon would say, Happy Not-Mom Day. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Good away, Keith. Thanks. I'm good. Happy Father's Day. Thank you very much. Happy pop up Day. Thank you very much. <laughs> I actually was looking at Happy Uncle Day. Oh, thank you. I was actually looking at Father's Day cards, and there was one that was Pop Pop Day. Really? Yeah. I thought of you. I thought, oh, <clears throat> I hope Katrina got him that
1: one. I th- I, th-
2: I thought of me too when we were watching Arrested Development earlier this week, and it was uh, it's an early episode when he says Pop Pop's not going to make it out of jail. <laughs> Pop Pop's going to die in here, and I looked at Mel and said, Would you bring to Katrina to visit me if I had committed light treason? <laughs> He said, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not like you murdered somebody. It's treason.
2: <laughs> I may have committed a little treason.
0: <laughs> you getting pretty far on that?
2: I think we're only up to like episode seven or so, but we're, we're making pretty good progress.
3: Still more progress than I making. Warms right. my heart. Yeah.
2: Mel does not like it as well as Archer. I want She's I wanna, enjoying it, but she's not enjoying it as much as she I want to go Archer. back
3: and start watching it again. It's especially since they announced season four for next year. Five. Five, that's what I said. (laughs) You have no proof that I didn't. (laughs) I have no response to that. (laughs) Happy birthday, Glenn. Thank you very much. Happy birthday. Got my uh, gift from Keith and Sarah tonight. I got the Happiness Patrol. It's my only Doctor Who gift so far. Everything else was... uh, well, yeah, because uh, everything else was cash and gift cards, and that will probably be spent on Doctor Who. So I'll, I'll let you know next week. <laughs> I
2: figure um, you'd start hoarding that now for the inevitable avalanche of Star Wars merchandise that's going to come out oh, yeah. in November.
1: I, uh,
3: hang on. Hang on. Ugh, I had to uh, – I, I told Keith. Uh, I said, well, I couldn't be upset about getting the happiness because patrol because everybody knows – how I feel about you. that story, but uh, yeah, come back. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you're such a killjoy. <laughs> I said I am a completist, so I would end up owning it. And Keith said, "Yeah, and now you don't have to spend your money on it." <laughs> and it seems only appropriate that I get it for you. It's right. I that's right. Enjoy the story not Certainly so much. true, because that's one well, of your good. Favorites.
2: You're in charge of getting him slide <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please get me ghostlight. That'll be a birthday and Christmas present rolled into one, <laughs> right there. A couple more than that. <laughs>
3: I think I saw that one upwards around 100 bucks. Ooh, yeah.
2: this just in. Ghost light, still not
3: available. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Some of those items that I own, I just look at them on the shelf and go, wow, how was I lucky enough to find that at such a low price? Yeah. Like I was talking to Sarah about... I,
3: well, it's because it was still available
0: then. <laughs> um, we were talking about going possibly to see Chuck Polinick when he was in Kansas City. I don't know when it was or is. And talking about getting his autograph. I was like, well, I have one. And then I have the... First edition Fight Club. And I was like, and that's worth a lot of money, surprisingly. And showed her on eBay how non-signed first edition is like five hundred bucks, and I got it for seven hundred. No, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, yeah. It's just impressive, kind of nice. Yeah,
3: but you, would not, you ever not, sell it? Not that I ever get rid yeah. of it. Of it no, but so I guess it's only worth what, what it is to you. Yeah, so I started personalizing.
2: You know, any chance we get to get get somebody to personalize it's like, I'm not selling this. And I am going to make darn sure that when I'm gone, the kids can't do anything with it either. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have a good birthday? I did. Um,
0: Birthday and Father's Day. Yeah, we went
3: to my folks today for lunch, and they had cake and ice cream, and we ate lasagna for lunch. And that was fun. And then we went over and saw... Um, Holly's dad for Father's Day this evening, and after that, my family, uh, Holly and the kids, took me to Buffalo Wild Wings, oh. games, which I like. One of my favorite places. Was we like, actually ate there did. on Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's one of Mike's favorite favorite God, places. I like their I like their, I like their Buffalo wings. They're so good.
2: I wish their atmosphere was a little different. It's
3: so loud. It's so
2: loud. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it's that a it's a sports ball. bar, yeah. you know, but but I, I
3: kind of I would.
0: I would like the dining area to be quieter, but it's just as loud as the sports bar. Yeah, they got just many TVs in there, too. Actually, yeah. I think there's more. In there. oh, there's, yeah. It's a bigger area.
2: And there's, there's just that that wall of noise that hits you when you walk in. And yeah. So every now and then when we when we go, we'll go and – I mean, I, I do eat there occasionally, but we'll, we'll go there and we'll, we'll order stuff and then take it home, <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> which is just fine by me. What, um, what kind of wings do you get normally? Good, good to uh, – hot. hot. Boneless, uh, I do the snack size, so it's only seven, but seven bonus hot.
1: Hot. Just, just, just hot,
3: just hot. It's hot. I hot tried its buffalo sauce, but it's it's their classic sauce, but it's got a lot of heat to it. Mm. It's only three away from the most extreme. Yes, so. I don't like
0: that. I tried the Chipotle barbecue one, and it was actually a dry wing. It was interesting. It was
2: good. I like the honey barbecue and the sweet teriyaki. Mm, they're too sweet for me. I don't like sweet.
0: Sarah tried the teriyaki, and I think it was just she got bored with it after a while. I tried
2: the Asiago ones and it had a little too much heat for me. So I'm kind of lame when it comes. To- <laughs> See, I prefer everything. The on jerk the-
3: is oh man! I prefer oh. everything on the tangy and spicy side. Yeah. I don't like the sweet, sweet sauces. Have you ever tried the jerk? I have the uh, uh, Caribbean jerk. Yeah, yeah, so. it's good. It's good. Ooh. I like it. It's just too much black pepper for my oh, taste. Oh yeah, no, I like it. It's, like I say, it's got the the spices in it. So, but yeah, no, classic hots for my, of course. I'll regret that tomorrow morning But
2: I <laughs> Quite. I'm not the only one that does that. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little tiny notebook that I carry around with me occasionally things that I cannot eat anymore. <laughs> occasionally after visiting a restaurant, I like, cross that one off the list, add it to the book. Pains of getting older.
3: We saw a couple of movies this week. What'd you see? Well, Tuesday, let me set it up because Tuesday morning we went to we have a clip. the movie theater <laughs> <Set it up. laughs> Because we were going to see Paddington because it's one of the dollar films for the summer, oh, yeah, movie the summer
0: movie stuff thing that they're doing.
3: And this week was Paddington and Turbo. Well, we'd seen Turbo. But we got to the movie theater that starts at 10 a.m. And we got there at about 10 till. And there was a huge line. And I thought, oh, no. And by the time we got up to the window, Paddington had sold out. Oh. So they were like, well, do you want to see Turbo? Well, we saw Turbo in the theater. And Mason wasn't too impressed I it. it was a cute movie. But Mason wasn't too impressed with it. He really wanted to see Paddington. So I said, well. Let's try and come tomorrow because they do them Tuesday and Wednesday, and you can oh. see either film both days. And so I said, "Well, let's, come, let's try again. Come Wednesday morning." So uh, we went home, and the kids were all bummed. I said, "Well, let's just let's rent a movie." And so we had already gotten home. We re- I thought about stopping at Redbox, but we'd already gotten home. I said, "Well, let's see what's on Netflix or not Netflix, um, Apple TV, because you can rent videos on there." And they had a ninety-nine cent bar, and I went, "Oh, well, that's cool." And so what we scrolled up to it, And the first one there was Annie, the new one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and we hadn't seen it. And the kids wanted to see it. And I said, "Well, we can rent Annie. It's only a buck." And they said, "Yeah, let's rent Annie." So we we watched Annie. And how was it? I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that good, huh? Um, it's cute. It's it, It's not as horrible as a lot of critics were saying. It's it's nothing. I mean, it's nowhere near as good as the original. When I by the original, I mean the one that came out in like the early eighties. But yeah. Carol Burnett, Carol Burnett, Tim Curry, Albert Finney, yeah, Albert Finney. Um. But that little redheaded kid I, was, uh, <laughs> it was cute, and and I liked. It's interesting; the, how
0: it's gotten a big Broadway revival because
3: of the movie. Yeah, the uh, i the the music changes. There's 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 they obviously stylize and modernize the music. There's some that I actually thought were better done, or at least I liked. There was some that I thought eh, it was a bad choice, bad change mm. there, but. Um, i think I slept for twenty minutes of the hour or nearly two hour movie, um so what I saw of it i I quite enjoyed it I just there's there's a part where it got really boring, and I closed my eyes <laughs> and woke up and went oh i 've missed twenty minutes of the movie um but the kids loved it, they absolutely oh, loved good. it so, and the acting's really good I think it you know it, it's it's corny and when you do when you try to modernize something and do a musical, sometimes it doesn 't quite gel, and it has that edge of it almost doesn't didn't work sometimes in some scenes, but it, it you, you have so much fun with it. It's it was it was, it was pretty enjoyable. So, hmm. um, and I was wiped out from the night before. <laughs> I think we recorded Monday. Yeah, night. we, we recorded the night before, and uh, so then Monday morning, or er, Monday uh, Wednesday morning, we got up earlier and went. <laughs> of course, I think Tuesday there was a lot of buses, so there were a lot of church kids and uh, daycare kids and YMCA kids and. Tuesday was their movie day. Wednesday, there was hardly anybody there. I don't think even saw, like, a third of the theater was filled up. Huh. Um, Paddington is
1: really good.
3: It's cute. It's really adorable. It's got a good, solid story. Only about 93 minutes long. Twelfth hmm. um, Doctor, uh, Peter Capaldi's in it, <laughs> which was a surprise. I didn't know you that. You didn't
2: know that? I did not know I that. I thought we covered that.
3: That he We was may that. have. Um, I, don't we, I don't know if we covered it, but I knew it. I guess you're allowed to forget the occasional thing <laughs> on show. Colin Firth is the voice of Pannington. Colin Firth?
0: yeah. No, I thought he was supposed to be. It's Oh, Q. was it not?
3: It was who? The new Q is the voice. Who's the new Q? What's the new Q? Ben Bond. Uh, Bond? Wishaw. Wishaw. Oh, maybe it is. Well, he sounded like. I thought it was. It he was supposed to like. be Colin Firth. Oh, okay. Maybe then... But we were very it excited about like, it because Sarah loves Colin Firth. It sounds like than, Colin Firth. He probably
0: is doing a Colin Firth impersonation. Maybe,
3: <laughs> uh, but anyway,
2: uh, we can get you Colin Firth at half the price. I think price, the weakest. <laughs>
3: I think the weakest part of the film is uh, Nicole Kidman. I didn't think she was a very good villain, but she's trying
2: to steal the bear
3: or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's very likable, and it's it's one we'll own for sure. We decided we'll buy oh. it, so. My sister watched it but fell asleep, but it was late for oh. her, so. It's cute. It's so cute. And I didn't fall asleep. Of course, we were in a movie theater. I rarely <laughs> fall asleep in a the movie theater. I wasn't here as tired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we took audio to go see Avengers Age of Ultron.
3: Did he like it?
0: Uh, he did. He he thought it, it, was, it was a little long for him. Got a little bit of a wiggle butt going on, mm-hmm. a little bit. But... I, afterwards he was kind of complaining that he waited forever for once one character to show up, and he didn't show up till the end. So he was waiting for vision. Oh, He really, he enjoyed it though. After the fact, this was the first time I'd gone with him to a theater. So luckily Mike still went, so, you know, could kind of sit back and enjoy the movie and Mike do the dad stuff
2: and yeah. <laughs> shared
0: by popcorn with him. And
1: it was fun.
2: I we went to Katrina to see Inside Out today. How Heart was post? it? Very good. It's very, very, very good. I don't want to spoil it. Um, it's it's typical Pixar. I mean, it's gonna you know wow you and amaze you and pull at the heartstrings. And I was really surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be at this point, but I was really surprised that for being a movie about a kid, it's very adult. <laughs> and I, I don't want to say That's dark. kind of Pixar's thing. Yeah, I don't want to say dark, but it. it it deals with some very grown up stuff that you really kind of only get the hint at in the, in the, in the trailer. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was thoroughly enjoyable. Really, really had a good time with it. Hmm. I don't think it's quite as funny as I was expecting it to be because it was, I mean, it's not that it's not funny. There are you know funny moments sprinkled through it, but it, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a drama. Hmm. It's more like up in a way oh, okay. that it's, it's that kind of, Serious tone.
0: Hmm. They kind of alternate in their movies between serious and yeah. more funny.
1: So. Hmm.
2: It's doing quite well. Apparently it, uh, I don't remember that this before <laughs> today's numbers. It was at like 91 million, which yeah. they said was the highest grossing according to non sequel. The... Well, <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's, the, it's the non It's the biggest original product. I think is what they yeah. labeled it where it's not based off a book either or
2: based off a book. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Previously was Avatar.
2: And the second highest uh, Pixar opening other than Toy Story 3. Yeah. So, highly recommended. Definitely go see that. And then uh, we came home and watched Terminator. Because we're gearing up for the next wave of what's the next sequel that's coming out. (laughs) I I mentioned earlier that uh, it it still holds up. That's such a great film.
0: Are you guys going to watch Salvation? I was thinking of
2: re-watching them all, but skipping that one. Um I don't know. I've always, I have a soft spot for 3. I really like I, I enjoy 3. In the same way that I enjoy Jurassic Park 3, I enjoy Terminator 3. I think Terminator 3 is a, a much maligned, for no reason, yeah. movie. It's, it's a decent action flick. And it's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, Salvation just... I don't know. It left such even a... Even the
0: director's cut is yeah. supposed to be even better. And I, I never didn't. saw the original cut. I only saw the director's cut and I was not impressed.
2: Well, it's just that the, the big twist that they think they have going for them its not a big twist. And it kind of ends up being boring. And it's a story that we've already done many times. With, well, when two, really. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, mm. I don't know. But I've only seen it the once. So maybe maybe I'll go ahead and go back and watch it just for...
3: I've only seen it the one time too. And I I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was a bad film. I mean, it was... It wasn't as good as one or two, or maybe even the third film. But it, I, I was fine. I wasn't Maleficent. I'll, I'll watch it out. again. <laughs> no, I wasn't it. Maleficent. I'll definitely watch me. it again in my rewatch. So, oh,
0: well, it sounds like um, the new movie won't really recognize three or Salvation. So.
2: Yeah, Cameron actually had a, a quote where he'd seen it and he, he he chalked it up there. He said it's a much better movie than all well, three. He and said this, no. Is, no. The this is the first real sequel, sequel to first
3: true Terminator sequel to yeah
0: yeah.
3: So I, you know, I I, I, I don't like that. I, I don't like that. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I I I don't like a franchise series that decides we've done six films. Five films. <laughs> and we're just going to discount two of them.
0: I mean... Uh, that was part of my problem with the TV series. It discounted three. Early. And I was like, well, what? there's a whole movie there. You're discounting it. You're ignoring it. It's
2: but for almost pur- going out of its way to make sure that doesn't happen. It's But yeah. for the purposes of the TV show, because of the way three ends, they kind of had to. Well, <laughs> I mean...
0: I think they could have done it better. I didn't finish the TV show though, so.
2: Right, spoilers ahead if you haven't seen Terminator Three. Yeah. It ends with the war. That's what I like. That's one I, of the I, things I really like about. The I game. walked out of the theater going, "That's ah, unusual for a Fourth of July movie to nuke the world," <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the end. It's not like you get a happy ending. They survive, yeah. But but the uh, war it's, game it's, scenario comes in. It's like it's, oh, it wow. just
0: seemed like there was a lot of stuff in the series that were. They were going out of their way to go, okay, we're going to make sure that 3 can't be possible. Because you can still set it earlier and still not negate 3. Yeah.
2: Well, there's there's a lot of it, though, that I kind of feel like that's maybe where they're headed with the new film. By going back and even rewriting some of the events of the first film. Yeah, way back to the first film. So it's kind of like... That, that's honestly one of the things that I'm really you'll, excited you'll, about, is that they're, they're using time travel to rewrite. That's the, just it's it. like, The okay. only thing
3: that t, that the Terminator films have going for them is that there's a lot of time travel element in it. and I can help hand wave all I of this just, stuff away. I, I, I get so... I don't even want to talk about <laughs> I get so frustrated with uh, franchise... And, and this is nothing new. I mean, it, book, author book authors have done this, where they've written... Six books, and then decided that in the way I wanted to do it, so they write a sequel to their second book, and then they go on from there and pretend nothing in the middle happened. Yeah, uh, Arthur Gordon Doyle did that. I mean, it's just it's pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. I know, and I know it's all (laughs) studios and money, and it doesn't end up pleasing fans, and that's the worst part of it is the fact that fans are okay with that. Oh, you're gonna pretend those didn't exist? Yay! Because I loved this one so much better. So you can just go from there. And it well, just, now some of the directors are such big fans you know of the franchises, just, and they
0: didn't like those other just ones too. Fix it. So they're just
3: fix it. Just yeah. give me one line that fixes it. You know, I just do you like, like what,
0: so, uh, first class
3: or uh, Superman series they, the same in, way. I know people do not like the third movie. I know people don't like the fourth movie, and the fifth one just decides that.
2: No, <laughs> no, no, no. Brian Brian Singer came out in an interview
3: and said it's the fifth film. Period. Yeah, but it was written in such a way that it ignored <laughs> everything else.
1: Eh,
3: it really did. I think it still fits. It just needs to be more like Days of Future Past. That, that's what I appreciate the most about <laughs> Days of Future yeah, Past, is it, it did not, not exactly. ignore anything. It's one of the few ones said, I can think of that actually
0: fixes it. Fixes, yeah.
3: Because what made it worse was how much... Um, first class ignored a lot of stuff they come for and yeah. while i think the first class was a phenomenal movie i had a lot of problems with it because of the fact that they had changed a lot of the history and the storyline and i was like that doesn't set well with me but then like, future past comes along and goes well we're gonna get clever <laughs> we watched another movie gone girl
0: wow that's an incredible film yeah really it's it's intense it's heavy um, there's a huge twist that comes really early that i didn't see coming and then i did not know what was going to happen the rest of the movie like i don't oh i don't want to spoil
3: it um Really well done. Is it the scene with uh, Neil Patrick Harris when it gets to that part? No, that's no. Where I felt it,
1: it turned a no, left that, turn. That, and that took
3: a whole nother left
0: turn. <laughs> now this was the the first big twist, I, in my opinion, about halfway through. John, well, I, I haven't seen it. I don't want to. I don't want to say. Um,
3: you shouldn't spoil for anybody else. Yeah. Because yeah, it's one of those movies that you if you to. haven't seen it, you really have to see it. Because I, did, I didn't like the ending that well. I wasn't that, a big fan of the, it, the yeah, ending, it was, was fun. kind of. Yeah. I was okay. I mean, it was, I, I didn't hate it. There's some people that just are really. Sir, Sarah heard over that they
0: it. changed it from the book. She had read the book, and they didn't <clears throat> change a thing. Yeah, Holly said that they didn't change a thing. Um, they didn't explain it. the ending as well in the movie as they did in the book. Did Maybe Holly explain they the mean. ending? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, really well, Matt. Uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, <laughs> <laughs> the, the other half, of the, the yeah. other one, the other, guy, the other uh, guy, did a really good job. Uh, Tyler Perry did a surprisingly good
2: job. I would like to see him do more actual acting and not just be Medea. You know, I I talked with James a little bit about that because we were talking about uh, the 2009 Star Trek, and you know Tyler Perry has that little cameo as uh, the admiral, yeah. and he I, I think he's a a, a a quality actor, but I'm so not in. The, I mean, like, I'd be even willing to go and watch Alex Cross, even though I heard it wasn't very good, because I liked that character, even though, I don't know, I accept in the shoes of Morgan Freeman, but <laughs> <laughs> no. just, just, yeah. I'm just curious. But yeah, the, the whole Medea thing is like, eh. he's He was really good in Gone Girl. medea has got some audience, though. I mean, oh, no, yeah. yeah
3: we're 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 like it's like not it. targeted at yeah. us at all. It's right. not
0: for me. I can say um, that. Yeah. Uh, Rosamund Pike does a really good job in it. Um, she was... You Neil know, Patrick Harris did a fine job. Patrick <laughs> Fugit did a good job.
3: Yeah, they're they're all they all did. Yeah, excellent. Not
0: not a single bad actor in the movie, and that's a movie with Tyler Perry in it.
3: So there you go. What was the gal that played his sister? What was her name? She was really good. Uh,
0: she was on The Leftovers. She was a main <laughs> character on The Leftovers. I, that just blew me away. And then I, I was even more invested in the movie now because I recognized this actress and liked her in the sh- in the show, and so it kind of carried over a little bit there.
2: <sighs> I watched some more Arrested Development this week. I watched some more Clone Wars this week, and we finished Game of Thrones this week. Oh yes, yeah. you, you done? Am I done? <laughs> yeah, with you the crying? season. Yeah, I'm caught up. You're yeah, crying? I
3: watched. I watched the night that it. Yeah, you guys kept putting off recording till Monday, so <laughs> I, I just kept watching them on the. I said, "Hey, I'm going to watch the season finale on the night of the season finale." You're <laughs> yeah, I, we watched it live. It was weird. Yeah, he got to HBO
2: accepted. Yeah. Okay, so spoilers ahead for anybody <laughs> that doesn't want to know about the.
3: Who's left?
1: <laughs>
2: I, f- I feel. I feel. Have like- you read
0: all the stuff online about how it might not actually be true? Yeah. Little- and then there's all the people saying, "No, it's true." Oh, he's
2: dead. I, f- I feel a little bit he's like dead. Chatner in Wrath of Khan, but it doesn't mean he won't come back. <laughs> I feel a little bit like Shatner and Raffik Khan talking to George R. R. Martin. It's like you, you've managed to kill just about everybody else. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm I was season, oh, we got a couple more characters. Season one and two. I'm so looking forward. Nobody to
3: Nobody they really care about anymore. Yeah. When well, there's there's one one, but who knows what's it, going it, on with exactly. her? Exactly. Well, and,
0: and two for me. Maybe three. Well, there's there's a couple I'll, of characters t- that two I think more
2: they seemingly killed and they didn't. I don't. Oh know. yeah, sure, yeah, they,
1: did, they didn't but. kill them. Well, not that we're aware of. <laughs>
2: clever bit of editing that was. <laughs> I want
1: to know how. Followed uh, by
2: another cl- clever bit of editing <clears> with. Uh, I want to know how. Tarth was. and Stannis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe, maybe not.
3: Uh, eh. uh, I'm less Stannis convinced on Stannis. that one. but is, yeah. Um, I, uh, I, uh, I'm curious about Aria. I think that. They're going to survive the fall. They jumped into a snowbank. You mean or, start, or, or, or uh, uh, Sansa. Sansa. Sansa? Not yeah. Arya. A high, Arya was a a, that head. was that storyline was that took a really who weird who was it turn. that said uh, was it you that said Arya is doing the worst internship worst ever. internship ever. <laughs> <laughs> I got a chuckle out of that,
1: <laughs> which it's kind of
0: refreshing going back and rewatching season one because I've I've now finished it and I just saw. The guy that she just killed. Yeah, you know what was season. well? It's like, well, okay, that they helps tie the, that they did much a big
3: giant jump. Well, no, they did this big thing at the beginning. Pre, the one of the previously on. Oh yeah, and it, it went all, all the way. way back to season one and showed everything up. To, I mean, you, you, if you weren't caught up, you saw at least a piece, a good chunk <laughs> of piece of every season of Game of Thrones. And I went, oh, there's going to be a lot happening. <laughs> Today. <laughs> I, I, for, for not
2: really remembering that guy. They showed him there
3: because they showed his sword fight. Because yeah. I
2: didn't remember who the guy was. I just knew he was on the list and she was going to get him. Man, when she got him, that was very satisfying. Just feral Considering animal. how many <laughs> she had not gotten. Yeah. How many had been taken away from her. Yeah, it, it, was, it was very satisfying. But I've been go, going all the way back to season one and two. When people were coming out of the woodwork with claims to the throne. Like, I remember when Stannis showed up and I was like, who is this guy? And they stopped and had to explain to me that he was, there. I was like, have we seen him before? Well, no. It's like, <laughs> which is why I will never read these books. There's just, <laughs> I've been told, well, the way to read them is to just pick one character and then skip around through the book and oh, read no, their I story. Wouldn't, I wouldn't do that at and all. And I looked at him and I went. Then you have failed as a writer if you're going to (laughs) make me do that. There are
0: so many, uh, especially in the first book, there are so many chapters that (laughs) kind of cross over. You could take
3: the (laughs) uh, Song of Ice and Fire books. And treat him as a huge adventure. And when you get to the death of your favorite character, you go back to the you beginning. Start you start over, and then when you get to the death of that character, you could ride, read those books like I don't know, two or three other <laughs> times. But there
1: were so
2: many people with a don't claim pick that first.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, actually, that might not be bad. That, be that might not be a bad idea. It'll yeah. be a shorter read. Yeah, but read. if you
3: get if you get one that goes a long way, then you might get a quick short read. Oh, day, there you and go. Then you go, and go back. And <laughs> But
2: there were so many people, and I remember thinking to myself, "I really cannot wait for Daenerys to get across the sea and burn all of you people." I thought
3: the same thing. (laughs) I'm
2: so ready for her to get over there. And now, after this, assuming she ever gets across the sea, there's nobody left. She's going to come marching into the you know. She's going to just land at King's Landing, and look around, and the White Walker's going to be on the throne going, what you want? <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, Snow. Yeah, there's, there's nobody left. <laughs> now, Echo brought up an interesting point at work. <coughs> okay, there's so a really, really, there's the whole L plus, how does this go? J, Have you heard about this J plus L equals R thing? That, the, the
0: true uh, lineage of the John Snow. The true lineage of John Snow, okay. Yeah. Oh, yes,
2: yes, yes. There's an interesting idea with this that because we're in the north, and again, spoilers if you haven't seen this yet. But because we're in the north and apologies to no one who's or those who have not watched the show at all. <laughs> yeah. Because we're in the north, you've got to burn the body. Right? What if he doesn't burn? She didn't. Yeah, that's true. And maybe that's why Melisandre
3: happens to show back up so that well, she can. That that's why Melisandre, you
2: know, zap him and
0: back.
3: Well, bring and they give us but, that weird, random little be, thing last season. Well, that. It was
2: more
0: than well, the, and the, the season couple back. Maybe with, that's what i with the red priest. Yeah, the who Raising people, from, raising the guy back from the yeah. dead every time. Several came.
3: times. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, yeah. they gave us that, that randomly. That just a little in the chunk middle, of story in the, in the middle, middle. and Then never, then never did anything yeah. more with yeah. it. That so. was
0: like season three, I
3: think. Yeah. That, that, uh, I said season four. I meant season three. That yeah. was seed money. Right? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, was. Totally, this is totally going to come totally back right. later. Pay attention. Well, there's
0: a great disin- or not dysentery. <laughs> dysentery is <laughs> never great in the <laughs> long <laughs> history of dysentery.
2: The ranking
3: system. <laughs> never has done that. There are some been. great articles online
0: <laughs> pointing to specific things in the books to sh- say that he's not dead, including the prologue of the, fi- of the final book. Well, well, the most recent book. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The most we recent book. Yeah, the most recent book. We still two more.
3: Keith
2: <laughs> has read the prologue to the final book of well, actually, Game of Thrones. Actually,
0: he's released a chapter of the next book, at least.
3: Yeah, I saw that. <clears throat> So if, if you're so inclined, go, but, yeah. go go read them. It's interesting. Because he has material to start writing now. He's been watching the show.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's that's
3: been a, the holdup. It's not that he's...
2: <laughs> I've been saying that all oh, along. Just, uh, where are they at now? Oh, that's a good idea.
3: <laughs> I know how to finish <laughs> this. That's what I said. I, I said back when he said he granted uh, permission for them to go on and do their own thing. I said, yeah, of course so he's he going to grant go them. So now he can go, oh, that was a good idea.
0: Well, because... Uh, what, what what author was it? <laughs> I there? imagine it's
2: like this. <laughs> the, and the, and the, the big C.
0: <laughs>
3: That's the one.
0: I think it was the author of the True Blood books. They introduced a character in the series and she was like... I wish I would have introduced this character. She's brilliant. So who knows? George R.R. R. Martin might do one of those things.
2: Well, supposedly he knows – they've outlined the end game oh, yeah. for the show. Yeah. And well, he knows where it's going to end because I, I think it's, – it's, it's supposed to be in line with what he, where with, he's going to end the With books. both of them in there. So either way – it's,
0: it's such an interesting time for the series now. Yeah. Uh, assuming that we have burned through all of A Dance with Dragons. Now no one besides the showrunners and
2: George knows what's going to happen. <laughs> For those of you that have read the books, welcome to my world. Because <laughs> now you don't know anything. <laughs> you that
3: know poor, nothing, Jon Snow. That poor <laughs> professor that was threatening his students in class with giving away spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good, now, he's got nothing. <laughs> he's got nothing now.
2: But, um, yeah, and then... Uh, uh, Cersei, I, w- I was so this, this this season's been so satisfying to see her get her comeuppance and you know drinking water off the floor of the prison. It's like yeah, he deserved that. And then we get to the walk, and I almost, almost genuinely felt bad for her. <laughs> by the time you know it was all said and done, and then we get back to the castle, and she's got a gigantic wind up killer machine, <laughs> <laughs> and she smiles, and it's not like a. No, it's the Grinch who stole Christmas smile when the corners of his mouth do the little curly cues all the way in. That's the <laughs> smile that she had. I was like, "Oh God, here we go again. She's going to start killing people." <laughs> I, just- I, I kind of hope
0: they explore that that story a little bit more because I'm fascinated by it
2: by the mountain. Oh yeah, yeah, no, just- I, I kind of want to see him take his helmet off. He's taken a vow of silence until he's killed every one of your enemies. He's going to be quiet for a long time. <laughs> well, guy must every, not be that good of an actor because you don't want to pay. <laughs> <in the realm. laughs>
0: Which is interesting going back to season one. He's not that
2: big because it's a different yeah, actor. Yeah. yeah. Something, the mountain got bigger. Something else Echo commented on. She goes, How unfortunate is it that we live in this day and age and that we're not coming up in it? I said, What do you mean? She goes, Could you imagine being part of a fraternity now that this episode has aired? Because every hazing, every initiation, (laughs) there's somebody with a bell behind you going, shame, shame. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody leaves your apartment at 3 in the morning and there's a kid running behind him, shame, shame. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: So now we must wait. Yes. Now that I've finished season one, I plan to go, uh, after a couple more books I want to get to, go pick up – the second book, whatever it's called. I can never Did remember. you finish Game of Thrones? The first, first book? Yeah, I did.
2: Oh, I didn't realize I don't. Anything. I didn't realize it yeah, either. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I can't remember when I did. It was a while ago. Last year, I think.
2: Which ending did you get?
1: <laughs> <laughs> All
0: of them. Did <laughs> so you guys do anything else? I'm halfway through my Buffy, uh, or the season for Buffy 5 and
2: Angel 2. Are we gonna to get to what you did this week?
3: Uh-huh. Okay. That's why I was at scene if you guys were
2: done. <laughs> That's for not telling me what you were gonna do this week. <laughs> it was a bit last minute. Yeah. Uh-huh. I started seeing photos show up and went <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what, what was he reposting? A- what is it? These are not reposts. These are real <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just wanted to say that I got to the episode of the the probably most heart wrenching episode of television and most well crafted episode of television ever. In Buffy season, the five. last
2: episode of Firefly. Oh, no, sorry,
3: no, <laughs> not quite. But of Joss Whedon work, so <laughs> the last season of or this its last uh, episode of Lost. That was heart wrenching for all, not a reason. <laughs> no, uh, that was, heart-wrenching. Heart-wrenching. That was <laughs> heart wrenching, heart wrenching, stomach wrenching,
1: heartburn.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can't. No matter how many times I watch this episode, tears. This is worse than Time of the Doctor. Heart wrenching. That's how it's it's impactful. It's amazing television.
2: Having not watched Buffy, I will sit here and nod.
0: And you haven't got you never got. I that don't far. think I got that far. Yeah, you'd know if you got that far. <laughs> <laughs> it's an episode that should have been given Emmys. If it was after, after season four. It, it was mid-season
3: five. Okay, as I was say, it was after season four. I'm, I missed it. All right, I have not seen it yet.
2: Does it feature the death of a character? Yes. A very
3: tragic and needless. Alt- well, That's when they changed no. the name to Angie the Buffalo. The, uh, <laughs> Spoilers, <laughs> not, not necessarily a needless death.
2: Um, I think I know who you're talking about, believe it or not, <laughs> even though I've never seen an episode of the show.
0: Um, it shouldn't be a surprise, but it is death, and it's
1: yeah. No. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I don't know. Sign Land, a willow tree. Yeah. <laughs> no. No.
2: Not, not that. that one. Oh, no, okay. It's okay. Aside from that death, <gasps> willow dies. No.
0: <laughs> not aside from. Okay. <laughs> hey, what? I forgot about that death. <laughs> yeah, actually. <I> was...
2: <laughs>
0: so this is the first non supernatural death in the series that is just throws everybody for such a major loop, and it's. So well-crafted. There's not a piece of music in the entire episode. And it's just so haunting. And just long, lingering shots on the characters. And not a lot happens in it. But it's he directed it so masterfully that it's just engrossing that you can't just tear your eyes from the screen. Even though you have to wipe tears away at the same time.
2: Oz got hit by a car.
0: Well, yeah. That's what happens when you're a werewolf.
1: <laughs>
2: I feel like I don't need to watch this show. I think I forgot it pegged pretty well <laughs> for, for not knowing a thing about it, other than there's Buffy and vampires. I think I'm on track with this. Anything what else? else did you do? What'd Glenn? you do, Glenn? Uh, well,
3: I molded over about Tuesday. I knew Smallville Comic Con. He didn't even up mention it to
0: weekend. me. So,
3: well, because I wasn't sure I was going to go until I went. Smallville Comic Con Comic-Con was this weekend, uh, the 20th and 21st. And if anybody doesn't know, Smallville is uh, what they rename Hutchison every year because two years ago, for the 75th anniversary of Superman, a man by the name of John James Judge—I can't remember the guy's name—John um, James Judge. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's an unfortunate name you've got there. John the residents of uh, Hutchison, Kansas, uh, petitioned to get the name of the city changed to Smallville and in honor of the 75th anniversary of uh
0: cuz those that don't Superman, know their Kansas uh, ge- uh geograph ge- there, b- b- there is no small, there bill. Is no small Can- bill. there's
3: no actual small bill. <laughs> smallville Kansas. Marvel's like that. All of their cities are no, fictional. DC. DC, sorry, Marvel are real. <laughs> DC's uh all of their cities are fictional. They they make them up. I've been so, to Gotham 2 years ago. <laughs> there's actually a Metropolis Illinois too. See? Um not as big as the other one. <laughs> no, no, nowhere near. <laughs> so, um, last year, uh, the city council having gotten recognition nationwide the previous year decided that uh they would also they would do it every year as an annual occurrence and the man that had petitioned for it decided that he was going to do a uh convention every year. Uh, in Hutchinson for, and it's a comic book convention, <coughs> and um, so what? they did. They had their first one last year, yeah, and it, it was a lot of Superman. much more successful than they expected it to be. In fact, they got Brandon Routh there last year, played Superman in um, Routh or Roth? Routh, Routh, who played Superman in Superman
1: Returns? Almost Superman Returns.
3: Lives, <laughs> Superman Returns, and. Um, they had a, you know, just a, they have, they have mostly comic artists and writers and things like that. And so this year they did it. And John, my cousin, who went last year, said this year they had doubled in size. So they, there was one building in the, on the Kansas Fairgrounds that they're in that they took up half of last year. This year they took up that entire building and then had to move the uh, gaming and panels into a whole other building. So they were actually taking up two buildings instead of – actually, I guess it would be tripled in size because they were only taking up half of the – well, that's not true because the convention floor was half of the building and then the other half of the building was where they had the panels and stuff last year. So they did actually double in size this year. So it went from one building to two buildings. And uh, so this year they had – the guests for this year, and I can't remember who they were last year, but ben, Brandon Rath was like the biggest one, I think, as far as star power goes. They had quite a few, uh,
0: they, they kept them all Superman
3: related. Yeah, for the most part. Last year. For the most yeah. part. This year, uh, guests included Billy Dee Williams, played Lando in the Star Wars films, who Dee, was Billy not Dee. there when I got there, and I didn't see him the whole time. Fortunately, I had met him at Kansas City Comic Con. Vernon no, Wells. You met no, him at Planet, Planet Comic Con. Con, Con. Planet Comic Con in Kansas City. Uh, Vernon Wells, who played uh, what was the he's the Mohawk guy, right? Yeah, the Mohawk guy in The Road Warrior. Did you get his autograph? The, the, the main bad guy, not the not the warlord leader guy, but the main bad guy. I didn't get manager. his autograph. Gotcha. I did go over and and chat with him for a couple minutes. Huh. Uh, Lee Merriweather, who played um, Catman or Catman, <laughs> Catwoman <laughs> in Batman the movie, back in the nineteen sixties with Adam Ward and Burt West. She was also in some uh, an episode of Star Trek. I don't remember. Her. Uh, who that played. Which
2: Survives or Blink of an Eye? Wink of an Eye.
3: I think it's I think it's Wink of an Eye. I think
2: it's Wink of an Eye.
3: Um, she was also... Uh, I didn't know she was. She played uh, Lily Munster in the revamped series in the 1980s, The Munsters Now or something like that. Um, and then uh, there was another Star Trek actor, Manu Itriyami? Is that how you say his name? Looks right. Anyway, he's been in Voyager uh, Renegades, which is not a official Star Trek Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Kathy Garver, who played um, the littlest girl on Family Affair. I can't remember her name uh, on the show. She had Miss Bees, the doll that she carried around with her all the time. Sure. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it, Sissy. She, Kelly Who was supposed to be there, but I don't know who she is, but she canceled it. That's like. Lady Deathstrike. Okay. I know I do know. Who oh, I'm she was on about. Arrow too. Right, yeah. that's right, that's right. And then but who I went down there to see, and this is what <laughs> this was this is what did it for me. <laughs> I finally decided I'm gonna go down there and meet her because I really like her character on the show. Katrina Law, who plays Nyssa on Arrow, it was there. So I said, you know what? It's two and a half hours away. This I I kept mulling this over all week. And I say, it's two and a half hours away. I've got family down there. I wanted to go visit my aunt and uncle because they have their new bookstore that's been open for two years and I still haven't (laughs) seen it. And I wanted to go visit John and his family. And John and and, uh, his wife, Genesis, and their two kids were going to Smallville Comic-Con. So I texted him on uh, Friday and said, are you guys going to be there? And he said, yeah, we've got uh, Eden's game in the morning, but we're going right after that. I said, well, I might meet you there. So... I got up Saturday morning, headed down. First thing I did is I got in there, found where it was, walked straight across the dealer's floor, and went to see how long the lines for the autographs were, because <laughs> I was getting Katrina Law's autograph. And it was only maybe six people deep. All, all of the lines were only about six people oh, nice. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm doing. So I got in line, got up there, talked to Katrina. She, really, really nice lady. She's so sweet. Um, it was. It's real. It's. It reminds me of the early days of Planet Comic Con. It's very intimate. There's not a. There's not a mass of people like like Planet Comic Con has grown to now. It's a little more like Galley, where there's you. You have a little more time with the stars when you get up there and get autographs, and they're real personable and they talk to you and chat. And I mean, I we her and I talked for like five minutes, just about. Uh, the character development on the oh, show nice. and everything. And, and she was really sweet. And because I, I walked up to her. I said, I'll have to admit I'm a bit starstruck <laughs> because <laughs> I think right now you're one of the best things going on. <laughs> I said, it's a phenomenal show. I have loved it from the beginning, but I really liked what they've done with your character. Even though I think that the story kind of got a little bit, the the, the whole storyline got a little bit watered down. I said, yeah. your character has been very strong and consistent and it's, I love, love where they've gone with Nissa." So, uh, so we chatted, she got, I got her autograph and, uh, came very close to getting a picture with her, but I didn't, I just, it was, it was another $10 to get it. And you was just, one of your snap, you know, yeah. you snap a photo with her. It wasn't a professional one. They did have the professional ones there that I could have done as well, but, um, but yeah, just, and then spent the rest of the day walking around, looking at the dealer floor, drooling over things that I couldn't afford. <laughs> um, uh, and, and like I say, John and Chrissy, had, or John Chrissy, John and Jenny had got there just after, um. I had arrived, so I was only there maybe five minutes, and they they showed up. So we all spent spent the day together. It was fun because uh, Zoe and Eden, their little girls, um, are really and Eden's only maybe five years old, I think, hmm. and she's really getting into the cotton stuff and. <laughs> It's, it was fun of them to walk around and they'd, they'd find things, "Mom, can you buy this for me? Can you buy this one?" <laughs> yeah, so, um, they had a lot of yeah, they had uh, the Jurassic Park gas Jeep there yeah. they actually had one of the SUVs in town, but apparently they had to cancel it there because it was being used at the movie theater for the uh. Uh, Jurassic Park movie in coinciding with that, so we didn 't get that, and there was another vehicle that was supposed to be there that ended up canceling, and i can 't remember what it was. That's not important. I didn't. I didn't care to go see it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so they've got a good thing going down there. I'm very impressed with how organized it is. Uh, TopCon had a booth down there, oh, so they good. had some representatives. Um, well, they there was a, a vendor there that I met, and I blanking on her name, but she does these things that are actually kind of cool. Um, it's a just a band, and they have snaps on them, and you can buy three, four, or five uh, snap bands, and then you buy your favorite. Genre uh, snaps—the snap that actually goes onto the back Mm. piece—and you can snap them on there. I thought that's kind of clever, you know. Yeah, you can can interchange the snaps, so you could do all Minecraft. She had a lot of Doctor Who, Hmm.
2: and I was it Wanz W A N T
3: Z. That's who it is, and she knows you. She asked why you were there. Yeah, she's over. Yeah, that's it. She's over here, just on Twenty First Street. Or uh, no, 29th, uh, 29th Street, in Oakland. Yeah, over by the uh, CD trip. Well, it's the well it used CD to be CD tri- trip trips, yeah. It be yeah. She asked about. She ask why you didn't come down. And I said, well, he's he doesn't even know I'm here. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: and no, uh, I didn't.
2: Not until the photos started pouring in on Facebook.
3: Uh, Time Eddie had a booth there, and oh, so they're getting some representation out. No, nobody that I knew. there was just they had one gal running it, which I think she was just kind of manning the booth when I was there, or I had a chat with her long, but I did. I did mention you know she said, take this flyer, you can get ten. $10 off your uh, entry, and I went, well, where were the podcast that's going to be down there, so I'm hoping I don't have to pay. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, like I say, a lot of fun. Uh, the only panel I sat in was Katrina's. The only problem that we had was in the building that they had it. They had it cordoned off, and they had – I think they had gaming going on on the other side of this curtain, and they – not not like video game because it wasn't loud loud, but I think they had like table gaming, tabletop gaming and things hmm. like that. And this building they had her in, was, or the panels in, was very expansive. So if you set more than five rows back, even with the speaker system, I just couldn't make out what she was saying. Um, So I struggled with that for the most time. And and, and I think that was their worst thing they've got going right now is just the audio system in there. I think the panels need to be in a smaller room because they're not taking – they don't take up a lot of space. Yeah. And I don't know what they would do because I, I don't know the fairgrounds layout that well, but I think they need to have them in their own space so that there's not that bleed over sound from whatever's gotcha. on the other side of the curtain. Um, but uh, very well organized, very well put together. They had they had security there that look like maybe off duty officers that were, you know, wandering around. You really felt safe. You felt like you know everything was was being uh, handled well and organized. But how many people do you think? Oh gosh, um, I don't even know. I can't I, I can't even. It was about the size of, crowd, size of crowds of Planet Comic Con up until about four years ago. Before about it moved those to Hall? Before it moved to Bartle Hall. Okay. Okay, Probably gotcha. about that many people. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good crowd then. And a lot of cl- cosplayers, and uh, they had some gals that are cosplayers from Wichita that came over. Mm. Uh, iBot was there from Topeka. Um, they had this really cool – they have a uh, – Wichita has a um, – Star Wars Guild. Star Wars cosplaying guild and I can't remember for the life of me their name, but they had this nearly life size job of the hut. I saw the picture. Yeah. And, and his tongue is actually doing this. It's like moving around <laughs> outside of his mouth. Um, and you could go up there and they had a chain you could put around you and be slavely, or you could walk up there and get a picture. And I don't know for the life of me why I didn't go up there and get a picture with it. But I, I took some snaps and they had a TARDIS there, as you guys uh, probably that was saw an impressive from my picture. TARDIS. The part of, that TARDIS has seen some better days. Oh, really? <laughs> the picture is yeah, from, from, from the front. From the it looks, it looks great, but inside, like there were, the whole wall was caving out in the back. <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I'm going to stand strategically here so you can't see through it's, the back of it. It's wall. well loved. <laughs> yeah, it is well loved.
1: How
2: was the Doctor Your presence? Uh, not.
3: I, well, an, I saw another guy there that took some pictures, and he's actually, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and forgive me, I can't remember who it is, but. I saw his pictures and he had a lot more pictures. I saw one doctor when I was there and mm. didn't get a chance to snap a picture. But he had a lot more pictures there, so there must have I didn't see a lot, but then like I say, Time Eddie was there and the TARDIS was kind of near them. It wasn't it was kinda of off by itself. There was a booth a booth and then Time Eddie and they had a Dalek that they had set back, but uh. it was it was obviously a real Quickly cobbled together, Dalek. It wasn't very impressive, but it—it, God bless him for trying. It was, it was, it was good. It's all that we've got at our table, exactly. So, but we really need to get on. So, I didn't see a lot of Doctor Who cosplayers, but when I looked at the pictures later online that some others had posted, there were quite a few. Hmm. So that I had just missed them. Did you go? The uh, vendors had a lot of Doctor. There was a lot of new style toys. There were a lot of books. There was a lot mm-hmm. of um, uh, what I call the uh, Etsy type style stuff. Which, oh yeah. Uh, uh, what's her name again? Uh, the, the Wants. Wants. Uh, oh, uh, Charity. Charity had. Uh, she in fact she had one thing of snaps. You know that was just probably thirty different Doctor Who designs. Wow. So there was there was quite a bit as far as dealers go. Can I
2: Pair up with uh, with her and see if we can get some uh, donation type stuff to yeah, hand why not? out.
3: Did I you see a friend of the, friend of the show, Robert spot. Collins? I did not our, our, see Robert. Our resident he author had, have, had a well, there. And I, I even looked for Robert, and I went up and down the aisles and never saw his booth. So yeah. I don't know if I missed him, and they had him in another place. They had sort of an artist alley, and as I walked down through there, I thought that's certainly where he would be, and I didn't see him. So now mm-hmm. I don't know if he just – I just missed him, or he maybe he didn't make it, or wasn't there the first day. So yeah, I don't
2: know. Oh, you know what? I think he was there – I think Saturday and Sunday were the days that I saw he was there.
3: Well, he, those were the only days of the con, Saturday and Sunday. Okay. And I was there Saturday morning. And you were there so, Saturday. Or Saturday, huh? Saturday okay. afternoon, so.
2: I think I remember reading so, on his Facebook page that he was Robert, there Saturday, I somewhere.
3: apologize that I missed you, but I did not see you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, maybe we ought to look into uh, having a presence down there at uh, Smallville.
3: Yeah.
2: Bolster the, the hoodum. The hoodum. <laughs> I said it, and it doesn't make any sense to me works. at all. It works. Houdum,
3: Hoot Houdum,
1: Hoot
3: Houdum, hoot hoot man. Hodor. Hoot hoot <laughs> nah, I worked worse. <laughs> anyway, nice job, Smallville Comic Con, and the organizers. organization. So it yeah, it's they're doing they're doing a good thing down there. And John and Jenny, thank you for letting me hang out with you all day because that was so a lot of fun to, to see them. You didn't take the kids. I didn't take the kids. It's one of those things that I wondered about it and I thought, you know, Holly's going to take them swimming Saturday and they'll probably have a lot more fun doing that. But this is one of those conventions where it's, there's two sides of it. Because when I take them to Kansas City, they have so much fun for like the first hour. Yeah. And then they're bored and I'm dragging them around. Yeah. They're just, you know, they're ready to be going home and I've got so much other things I want to see and have to do. And, this is one of those cons that you really couldn't do the whole thing in about an hour and a half. Uh, aside for if you sat in a lot of panels, you'd obviously have to wait for those. But it was one of those things I got down there and I thought, oh, this would have been perfect for them. They would have had fun. <laughs> They'd have seen a lot of stuff looked at a lot of stuff and really enjoyed it. And we'd have been gone. Yeah. The problem with this con is two-and-a-half-hour drive down, two-and-a-half-hour drive back. And when I got <laughs> back, Caitlin said, yeah, I don't know that the balance is worth it there, so. <laughs> I got both of our audios for next week listen to and <laughs> listen to something else, so uh, a couple podcasts. So all right,
2: there you go. that's what that drive's good for. In oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> it really is. Yeah,
2: I mentioned, you, but you've got family down there. You could certainly
1: book something Do other around. Stuff. That's what I did. As a you know. matter of fact. Um, well, I mean, like if you, you said, took the kids next yeah, time, that you can, well.
3: That, Holly and I actually talked about next year going down there, and then I could take the kids to the con, and then she could take them and do other things if I had other things. Cosmosphere. Or, here or, or she got bored. Or she want to go to that too. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, we thought maybe if we made it a, like a weekend overnight trip, we could go on Saturday, hit the con one day, and do fun oh, stuff, yeah. stay over. So, yeah. Salt Mine. Yep. So. It was fun, and then I got, like I said, I, I think I said this, but I got to, I got to see my, <laughs> just so
2: that I can say they found Doctor Who and a all mine, and, and nobody <laughs> well, that's, that's mm-hmm. I found Doctor Who. Well, that's the thing that I, I want to do
3: is is I've other than, I mean Hutchison is probably the most consistent place I've ever been because my parents are from Hutchison. I have tons of family in Hutchison. and so we always went to Hutchison to see my grandparents quite yeah. frequently. And as much as I've been to Hutchison and know Hutchison, I've never been down in those salt mines. <laughs> I keep thinking I'm going to go one of these days. So maybe we'll do that. I've been maybe there we'll maybe twice, and, there. and I've been down there. <laughs> <right>? I've never <laughs>
2: been to the salt mine either. Mines,
3: plural. And there's only one that to It's one, one mine, but... big mine. Yeah, I've never. Well, been there's one. there's two there's two mines. Well, I mean, there's down one there. functional. One that yeah, yeah one well they're not even either
0: one of them functional anymore. Yeah. Do you know that Kansas is the only? Place in the U.S. that has a helium mine?
3: That's what I've heard. I learned that that's on it. trivia. Correct, and it's almost out of helium.
0: <laughs> Where's that? You know, is it named uh, Bespin?
3: It's down in <laughs> it South be. Central Southwest Kansas. I can't hmm. remember exactly where, but interesting.
1: Bespin. <laughs>
3: um, but yeah, I Did you got title Like I said, I, well, I never, like I said, I never saw him. He wasn't oh, there. That's he what you never saw he him hadn't ever. showed up yet when I was over there getting uh, Katrina's uh, autograph. And then I said, well, I'll come back by and see. Because I thought, you know, if the line is short, I could go up and chat with him real quick. That's free. Yeah. And I already have his autograph. And so I never made it back by to see if he had showed up. But mm-hmm. I, I got there at just before noon. And the con had been open since like 9 or 10 a.m. So I thought, I wonder if something happened and he got delayed. delayed. Maybe he was a, decided to be a Sunday only. I don't know. Maybe too know. much Colt 45 the night much before. Cal- <laughs> I think he was there both days, but I
2: seem to remember. He I might saw, have been. I saw. I
0: saw somebody comment that he arrived in a limo, and apparently, the Millennium Falcon's not good enough for him anymore. <laughs>
2: My favorite uh, Lando tweet was uh, just talk to Billy D. He's just made a deal that'll keep the Empire out of there forever.
3: <laughs> uh, and it was nice to visit family too. So sounds like fun. It was fun. It was a quick trip. Just down a few hours back. Should we do move on to news? Let's move on to news. Okay. We're gonna
0: start with some ten o'clock news. We
3: we're all dreading this part. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, you've probably seen it uh, circulating Facebook. Uh, John Hertz has been diagnosed with early stage of pancreatic cancer. So we are our thoughts and uh, prayers are with him, and there's you, there's charities you can donate to help. Research pan- pa- uh, pancreatic cancer, um.
2: and in true John Hurt fashion, he you know acknowledged that he had it and he's going into treatment, but he he refuses to alter his lifestyle or do anything differently because of it. He's not going to let it rule him, and you know, yeah. I think that's admirable. That that's the way and, you, know, you kind of have to tackle these things. Well, and
3: and and cancer and death are never. Any good at any age, but he has lived a full life. He's 75 years old, so that's... Uh, In his statement, he said, I
0: am undergoing treatment and am more than optimistic about a satisfactory outcome, as indeed is the medical team.
3: And the nice thing is we are in an advanced technological society where there are people that, that, that live and recover from, well, go into remission from cancer, so...
2: And I suppose in an absolute worst-case scenario, he'll just turn into Chris (laughs) Reckleson.
3: That's a good way to put a spin on it. Nice spin on (laughs) it. Even
0: he had a a good attitude about it in his statement. He also said, I'm continuing to focus on my professional commitments and will shortly be recording. Jeffrey Bernard is unwell. One of life's small ironies, he says. (laughs) That's pretty good. So he's got a good sense of humor about it all. He can survive an alien. He can beat Pink <laughs> uh, other, Some other bit of news. Uh, if you watched the season finale of Orphan Black on BBC America. Wait, is
2: this going to be spoiler-filled? No. Okay, then go ahead.
0: There was a teaser for the next series of Doctor Who. For the next season of Orphan Black. That. <laughs>
2: oh, that.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Let's talk about this teaser. What did we confirm? Well, we confirmed the TARDIS will be in this season. And we confirmed that it's coming back to TV in the fall.
3: That's about it. I saw it online and I went, uh. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until you said it was on the. It's BBC America. Yeah, it's BBC America. It was on the season not- finale of Urban Black. Black. It's. It is geared to the casual fan. It is well, geared to people that aren't steeped in the, they know that it comes back every fall, that they know that there's a season. They are not the people that keep constant contact with what's going on in the world of Doctor Who, both on-air and off-air. Yeah. And it's to grab those people that go, oh, yeah, I watched that last series. I really like that. I'm going to will look back. for it in the fall. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's interesting that it's BBC America and not BBC
3: One. It's not because out. BBC America has the money to put into Thank you, teaser. And well, as and you said, after I, Black, there, as far no as I'm aware, there's not much until fall. Yeah, because so.
0: uh, um, they had one that started up with Who last year. I don't think it's coming back, and I don't know. I have not heard any scuttle about any other new original programming coming from them. So. It's a reminder to come back Yet. to BBC America. Yet.
3: So yay. me so who is good who.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's kind of where you have to come down on yeah. those teasers. This is like, oh, we know it's a teaser. We know it wasn't really yeah. going to give us anything. But at all the same time, it's like,
1: man. So,
3: but sometimes you see a teaser, and it just gets you all excited and giggly. And yay, it's coming back. And yay. And this one I watched, and it went... Maybe I'm too connected. This <laughs> just, just wasn't exciting. I, I mean, if they had even done something besides the TARDIS and the groaning, I mean, if they, I mean, when we saw the 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 opening, you know, the cl- the clock spiral, that got me excited. When I saw a teaser that had kind of a little piece of that, yeah, just. You know, or even just seeing Peter Capaldi for the first or second time, because we'd seen him in Time of the Doctor, but well, third if you count his eyebrows. And <laughs> when we saw him, and I think that was the first teasers, we saw like him in silhouette or something, and it was like, oh, new, yay, yay! Yeah. This is the TARDIS. <laughs> it's arguably the first thing we saw in Doctor Who. That's probably been around longer than anything in Doctor Who, and it's besides maybe the opening titles. It's the one constant. Yeah, (laughs) it's the one constant. Even when it got fixed briefly and turned into a weird pillar and organ. Musical organ. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It'd be really weird if it was another kind of organ. (laughs) (laughs) That's getting into the magic school bus territory right there. Uh, So... (laughs) Other little bit of news. Uh, As you can tell, there's not a lot out there, so we're (laughs) kind of digging. Sean Pertwee. Slow news day. (laughs) Uh, You probably saw this also all over the social media. Uh, Became aware of a nice Photoshop job somebody's done of him from Gotham as his father, the Third Doctor. As his father, John Pertwee. His dad's the Third Doctor?
3: Yeah. Wow, I didn't know the Third Doctor had any kids. He was on Earth a while. Yeah. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, looking for the future Mrs. Doctor. <laughs> uh, Ex-Mrs. Doctor. Uh, okay. So, yay.
2: And yes, he still looks like his dad.
3: Yep, he does look like his dad.
2: And so now, of course, everybody's all excited, <laughs> saying, Hey, when are we going to get that crossover <laughs> thir- third Doctor, twelfth Doctor episode Stephen moffat go write that and i'm going to be one of those people say so, yes moffat you should you should go <laughs> right
3: there's a lot of times that this happens and i think that's like a pipe dream right there to get something like that but when sean pertwee's posting his own pictures well, his after halloween costume he last up, year, yeah and then somebody photoshops this photo and he posts it it almost makes me think I think this is a guy that would be willing to do that. I think he is. <laughs> he
2: was in the 5ish uh, uh, uh. yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> for like this long. But he was there. <laughs> five-ish know,
2: yeah, 5ish five, doctors. Yeah, 5ish doctors. I kept wanting to say fangirls. I was like, no, he was not on that show. <laughs> that? Uh, they would, I'm so, sure they would love to have they him. They would love that. We well, should see if we could get him. Yeah, him. That long,
3: but um, and uh, uh, you know, the 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 is, is Gotham still in question, or is it coming back? It's coming I mean, back. Okay. Yeah. So it's renewed for second. Are they
2: changing the name to The Penguin? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I think they're focused on somebody else now. The Penguin Hour. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the Joker. Hopefully not yet.
2: Fish, uh, I know, is not going to be coming back, I don't think. <gasps>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I just... I don't know, I they, watched I it. Really, they
3: really, really liked what they were doing with that character at first. And then they just kept doing the same thing with that character. And then they took and this And then they realized that she was getting really dry and boring. <laughs> so they decided to mix it up. And they did really something stupidly crazy with the character. And I went, that's not any better. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I'm already tired of Fish Mooney.
0: Unfortunately, uh, they left it in a way... We're, I haven't seen the last three. Well, I, I won't spoil anything. Okay. But they left it in a way where it's Gotham. She could come back, but <laughs> they, if they don't want to bring her back, it's it's not a big deal. Oh okay. good,
2: come at me, Snow.
0: You, you could you could take
2: it, Unlike Jon Snow, you could take it two ways. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I know much I know as much about Gotham as I know about Buffy. <laughs> I will throw that out there for you. So. You got that one pegged, but I got that one pretty well pegged. I think.
3: Yeah. I'll tell you, Gotham. Yeah. I, I got to see the next three episodes, or four episodes, and I'll probably make a better summation. But Gotham started out not knowing what the heck it was going to be. Is it going to be a crime show? Is it going to be a superhero show? Is it going to be a crime show? Is it going to be a superhero show? And then finally, when they decided, well, okay, we're going to try and be a superhero show because it's working over in the CW. <laughs> they decided we're going to be a, C- a superhero show, and then they went cuckoo crazy with some things, and I went, okay. They went over well, the top pushing
0: show.
3: It's got the same feeling as I have for Suicide Squad. Yeah. What were we talking about again? Oh, it was slightly Pretty. Doctor
2: Who It was, slightly Doctor Who related. <laughs> was Doctor Who related. That was the end of news, I think.
0: Uh, One more bit of news. Oh, there's not the end of news. <laughs> one more. One more. The...
3: I... That wasn't wait. That was <laughs> yes, you're <laughs> okay. right. One more. Um.
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. British Fest is coming I up. Expected I remember MDL something else Eureka. I did this week. No, that's just where I do that at.
0: British Fest is coming up very soon, and they have made a rather large guest announcement, in my opinion. I agree.
3: He's not very big. He's kind of an average-sized guy. He's buff. He's bulky. Oh, he maybe used to be buff. I don't know how buff he is now. He's tall.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: he's
0: about
2: your height. I'm tall. <laughs> you are tall. You are tall. <laughs>
0: Adrian Paul. He's
2: be there. For those that
0: don't know. So who's that? He portrayed <laughs> Duncan McLeod.
2: Of the clan MacLeod
0: In the Highlander TV show and subsequent movies.
2: Of which you really only need to watch four. Is that Endgame? That's Endgame.
0: Is that the one with both of them?
2: Yes. You can watch that one. Don't watch the source. I tried he watching was...
3: two and it was bad. Wait, wait, wait. And that was still. He was in uh, two of them? Yeah. He was only in Endgame, wasn't he?
2: They ill advisedly made a fifth one. Oh, I did not know. <laughs> I believe this. it went direct to video. I got mildly well, excited, rented it, oh, made In-game it about twenty it. minutes in and I yeah. landed the Source. Don't, what is it? The Source. Don't the watch source. the Source. Don't watch the
0: Source. Well, the first and one he was, was a really voice good. in War of the Worlds Goliath.
2: He was a voice in War of the Worlds Goliath. And
0: he was in the T V series.
2: The War of the Worlds TV series? Uh huh.
0: Really? Twenty episodes. John Kincaid. <laughs> what? I just blew Sean's mind. <laughs> what? Yep. According to Imdb, he
3: had short hair. <laughs> well, he, he would look completely different with short hair. He does, he does. I've seen <laughs> pictures of him with short me hair. All. Look at him! He's grabbing <laughs> mean, his world, world, world. TV series box set. Oh, look. There he is. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> wow, look how young he is.
3: I can be forgiven for not knowing that, looking at that picture. Yeah. Holy shnikes. <laughs> look at that. He does look young. He looks Photoshopped there. Looks, or airbrushed and, and there, the no too. And
0: sh- no stubble is a... <laughs> <laughs>
3: I huh. loved this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never watched that how show. How long ago actually. was this? Was this the 80s? Uh, no. 88. Oh, it was late 80s. Huh.
2: Well, there you go. 89 to 90, according to IMDb. Oh, well, yeah, I made it for a second season. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was one of those shows that ended on a cliffhanger. They went away for the summer. They came back, and everything had changed because apparently all of the action took place over the summer that we didn't get to see. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it one was like, what happened to the format of this? It's not a good show, but I, I found it enjoyable because I'm a War of the Worlds nut. Wow, did not know. That. Well, now, I, now I'm torn. What do I have him sign, <laughs> man? Well, now
0: you can get a War of the Worlds at uh, British Fest and a Highlander at Kansas uh, How mind-blowing Kansas City would he Comic-Con. be if I walked up to the table? He's at Kansas City Comic Con too. Kansas City Comic Con
3: as well. Maybe I will be going to Kansas City Comic Con. Oh, now you're interested. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: hmm. <laughs> what do you think,
3: Phil? I don't know, Gil. No, Gil. How about you, Jill? Well, I don't know.
1: Hmm.
2: Thirty-eight seconds of the greatest. Move. <laughs> uh, just that that whole scene. Keith's lost. He's
0: it sounds familiar,
3: but I'm not placing it. Of Manhattan. Manhattan.
0: Okay, it's been so long since I've
3: seen. Kermit's that lost his memory, and he's working for the ad firm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now so it's, it's coming back. They're yeah. all frogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And they all talk like this. Oh, yeah. How about this? Ocean
2: breeze soap will get you clean.
1: Oh. oh. <laughs>
3: so simple just my work
2: ocean breeze soap it's just like taking a cruise except there's no boat and you don't actually go anywhere <laughs> i love that movie it's been too i, to I watched that one.
3: what's your name uh phil <laughs> phil up phil up phil <laughs> <laughs> Nice to meet you, Phil. I'm Jill. Or this is Bill. <laughs> and I'm Jill. And I'm Jill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All
2: the things that set us off. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's it for news. Our apologies to anybody who's not seen <laughs> The Mother State Manhattan. Spoilers. Kermit loses his memory. So he's you know, an ad exec. Uh, <laughs>
1: Or actually, he pretends to be an ad exec to get a job. Because he's lost his memory.
2: <laughs> no, they, he doesn't really
1: pretend.
3: No, just, he just goes he in just, there looking just, for the job. Yeah. And then when he says the ocean soap, he gets you clean. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> it's a bit long. Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: When are we going to do our Muppets podcast? I feel like I'm ready
3: for this now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, t- oh, I'm telling you, we need to do a uh, yeah. Muppets uh, crossover. We could do it. We could do it. No
2: spoilers. (laughs) That was all off mic, wasn't it? We didn't talk about that, did we? I think
0: it it was off mic. (gasps) Spoilers. (laughs) We tweeted about it, though. We did? did? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's where it came about. That's where it (laughs) it came about, yeah. Oh, okay. If you want to plan ahead, according to Kansas City. (laughs) No, no, sorry.
2: Going back. (laughs) According to Kansas City, you can comics. find us at our website, which is
3: www.muppetpodcast.com. In the vortex, backslash Muppeting the Vortex. Uh, the Vortex takes Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: like
2: a Freddy novel.
0: Uh, uh, according to I think it
2: of, was Jason, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was Jason. Jason takes Manhattan. I've never seen any of those, but I feel like I've got them pegged pretty
0: well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the first one's good.
0: The second the one's good too. I don't remember the second, second one. Good
3: though. too. Third one's. Me. Fourth one. We're done. We're gonna. We're done doing movies. Fifth one. Nope. Guess who's back. <laughs> <laughs> Sixth one, okay, this is going to get a little squirrely because we're going to go take Manhattan. Seventh one, oh, he's got a sister. <laughs> no, seven is Manhattan. No. Oh, seven is Manhattan. Six must have been the Six was the sister. Seven was Manhattan. Final chapter. Eight was the final chapter. Ah, uh, no? Then, yes. then which yeah. one does he go to hell? Nine? Oh, no, no. Final chapter was four. Five <laughs> was New Beginnings. Six was, well, this is no, one wow, I You're cross-pollinating now. New no, Beginnings no. is a Freddy. No, no, no. Uh... No, that's new nightmares. It's, oh, new night. You're right. Yeah, you're right. The you're new right. beginning. You're right. Be- okay. That's because they went. Oh, guess who's back? Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody again. else was pretending to be Jason, and then and then uh, eight eight was Jason goes to hell. I was I was, a, I was final what, chapter. What was, was nine? Using. There was no – well, Freddy versus Jason was, is technically well, – No, you, J, Jason the, Jason the, X, no you're right. Jason X is 10. X is 10 so the, Jason Goes to Hell was
0: nine. Because Jason X is basically
3: yeah. Jason in space. Right, exactly. That's what it's it okay. is. It's
2: okay. He just wants his machete back. It's Freddy 13th <laughs> in space.
3: I'm missing one in there. What was eight? So with maybe eight was – maybe I'm misnumbered. Maybe eight was Jason Takes Manhattan because it seems like that was the last one before Jason Goes to Hell. Well, after you take me, that, where else are you going to go? <laughs> He's in
0: town with a few days to uh, kill. I used to know. I used to watch. I, mean, I used
3: to be huge into horror movies when I was a kid. Right?
0: I was never a big
2: Jason. Fan. You were huge into horror movies when I first met you.
3: Yeah, well, not huge, but I was still into them pretty big. I was huge when I was in high school. Man, I'd seen, i would seen everything I could see. <laughs> I don't know why. And and I, now I they detest I detest horror films now.
0: Well, they they
1: they stop unless they're from the eighties. <laughs> I watch them there on TV, and I go.
3: Why did I think this was so scary and gory? The problem with horror movies now
0: is Scream ruined it and Saw ruined it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I really think that the last good horror film was (laughs) Scream, honestly. Because Saw is not a horror film. Nope. Psychological thriller. Yep. Um... (laughs) Oh, 3D is the one I missed. It's Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th, Part part 2. Friday the 13th, Part 3, 3D. Friday the 13th, Final Chapter. Friday the 14th, New Beginning. Oh, okay. Uh, Jason Lives. Friday the 13th, Part 6 was Jason Lives. That's the one where he comes back. Oh, guess who's back? New Beginning was the guy that faked, pretended that he was Jason. Uh, (laughs) Friday the 13th, Part 7 was the... It's cutting it off. That's
2: got to be Chase Manhattan.
3: No, That's got to be the sister one. That is the sister one. Oh, then it's the, eight. The new Blood. New Blood. That's why. It was the sister. The sister. Number uh, seven. Eight was Jason Takes Manhattan. Nine was Goes to Hell. Ten was Jason X, which is and Jason And then 10. it was. And then, then Freddy, Freddy versus, versus Jason. Jason. Yeah. Or Jason versus Freddy. Freddy versus
2: Jason. I wonder if we'll ever get Freddy versus Jason versus Ash.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they, they talked about doing it. They're new still Man- talking about new, doing new it. Now, now oh.
0: that uh, well, they're bringing back... Ash in the TV series. series, yeah. Who knows? I read I, 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 they could do it as an episode. I w- mean,
2: when I read Bruce Campbell's book, one of the things that when they first approached him about, it, would you be amicable for this? And he said, "Yeah, but um, I have to win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good guy because <laughs> I can't come back like the other guys." Can. <laughs> 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 Our apologies to anybody who doesn't care about the Friday the Thirteenth series. <laughs>
0: This is one of those shows, guys. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> you mail your comments at Glenn. <laughs> Glenn at
0: travelingthevortex.com. Uh, 3D. Forgot all about 3D, and then
3: Jason lives the other one. I was missing.
0: Sean, if you want to point ahead, uh, Kansas City Comic Con says Adrian Paul's autograph is 35. <gasps> dollars well, That's be... downright
3: affordable. Yeah, that's thirty on an,
0: on a, something
3: you provide. <clears throat> Caitlin's was thirty. Caitlin Lawson. Oh, that's good. good. I'm I'm happy with thirty. Thirty's good is a good price. Would you see Adrian Paul's in one of the Friday no, I Nice not oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nice try.
1: <laughs> good try.
2: Well, I melted Mel's brain when I pointed out the guy with the blue mohawk and Terminator. I was like, you know who that guy is? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's Bill Paxton. <laughs>
1: what?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it is. <laughs> Are we getting ready to do that? Are we done with the news? We're done with news. Can I do it?
0: Sure. Yeah. D- now it's time for our Doctor Who legacy
3: tip of the week. Thank you, Kermit. I was Phil, but okay. Okay. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. Mm, I
2: think we'll be doing this uh, whole tip as uh, Kermit <laughs> the Frog. That was terrible. I don't know what I was doing there. I oh, the echo Kermit on that the one. Frog here
3: with our tip of the week. Yay! Yay!
2: Yay! So um. I was thinking this isn't. This is kind of a weird tip, um, but I was thinking this week we had this wonderful present from the Doctor Who Legacy Group, where we had 175 <laughs> experience in the fan area. I've maxed out like seven characters, <laughs> this week. and uh, and it's like you know happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy. And as I was going through watching my little meters go, bing, 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 because I, I took a whole crew of ones in and went all right, <laughs> you know? and. Um, I, I began to think about this, and I, I I'm, I'm on the fence as to whether or not the extra experience is a good thing, because I have, you know me, I like to hoard. <laughs> have to, back up to forty-two crystals. Films, yes. I hoard a lot of things, but <laughs> I, I'm back up to forty-two Autographs? crystals. Yes. And uh, I like my time fragments, and I've hit this plateau where I've unlocked so many characters that I've used all of my time fragments to level these people up. And now I'm stuck in this cycle of basically just playing enough to farm to get a whole bunch more fragments just for the point of upgrading them so that I can farm some more (laughs) to get more fragments to upgrade the next batch. And when they give us 150, 175 experience... You level up so fast that you're, you're you're perpetuating that cycle. That you're really kind of stuck. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. I, it's fantastic that we're able to. There's a bug in here. Go <laughs> go get it, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> mm, deliciously. <laughs> but I mean, it's fantastic that we're able to level that up as as, as quickly as you can. But I, I I almost wonder if it's not detrimental because what I found is with this team of ones that I went in with. They leveled up so fast, I never really got the opportunity to use any of their special abilities and play with them and kind of find out who works with what. It was just a matter of go in, beat up the bad guy, and get my experience and get out and uh, you know increase everybody in rank and all right. And then we moved on to the next one and they went in, beat up the bad guy. So I have no idea how I'm going to fit these people on any of my real teams. And so it's kind of a – it's to, it's a cautionary tale of, you know, <laughs> ma- make sure you don't get wrapped up in the moment and, and uh, you know, you really utilize all these people. Because if they're going to give us a cast of 180 characters, it would be kind of nice to
3: Unless you're to like me them. and you've done everything you possibly can and you have used a lot of your characters and you've gone, I'd just like to have him have two gems so that I can use him in a team in his attack. Then I max him out. Sure, no, no, no. I don't. I don't don't mean that. I just mean from the
2: standpoint that you know, and and there's it's probably different for you and
3: uh,
2: Time Lord Ben. Time Lord Ben, because you guys are at the point now where it's like, (laughs) you know. (laughs) You're actively searching for for those new teams to put together and trying to find a new angle on it. But for those of us that are still playing, I'm not 433 stars and stuff, that I'm just, I, I feel like I'm stuck in this cycle where I'm trying to get everybody leveled up before I go and attack the next wave of story arc. And I'm I'm just kind of I'm just kind of spinning my wheels there sure, because sure. I I get just enough time crystals or or fragments to upgrade a bunch of people and then they give me 175 experience and everybody gets upgraded and then I have to go get more fragments because I'm out <laughs> so I'm just kind of keep doing yeah, that so yeah. you know I, I just I don't feel like I got the the uh, well I got the experience I don't feel like I got the experience <laughs> <laughs> so a cautionary tale of of you know plan your 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 binging appropriately and that's my. My, my probably not very good Doctor Who Legacy.
3: <laughs> Tip of the week! Yay!
2: Yay! Um, a side note uh, is the, if you haven't logged in recently apparently Craig Owens was named the best Doctor Who Legacy dad.
3: Yay, Craig! So, f-
2: Congratulations, f- f- Craig. F- fitting into our, sh- our show theme this week.
3: Congratulations.
2: Well, let's move on to... kind of kind of angry that we didn't know about that. I would have... (laughs) I didn't didn't know there was a poll. I didn't know there was a poll. I would have pimped the poll. (laughs) Hey, go vote. And while you're there, come listen to us. But no.
0: First up in feedback, Brenda writes... Sorry. Sean gave me a weird look and ran away. Checking in. Dear Vortex Gang, I know it has been ages since I checked in, but I generally have little to add to the critiques of the shows, books, and audio stories that you cover. I usually have not seen, read, or heard the stories, but to your great credit, I still listen to the entire podcast and find it very enjoyable. Ah, oh,
3: thank you, Brenda.
0: It's a lot like sitting around the table with good friends and enjoying their conversation, even though I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I'm glad you still enjoy us. Even when I have seen a show, I realize that I experienced Doctor Who like a five year old. At that age, children are open to all the possibilities and their ability to suspend this belief is at its strongest. I have noted previously if I can accept the premise that a police box is a time machine and a Time Lord can regenerate, then there is little I need to challenge any. who? Uh, sorry. Then there is little that I need to challenge in, in any plotline. The moon is an egg? Sure, why not? A mummy soldier on the space traveling Orient Express? Sounds plausible to me. My main criteria for judging the quality of a show is if it is emotionally moves me, and since that is just my opinion, it's not something that would be interesting to anyone but myself. I don't know, Brenda. I think the, there are some times that we don't explore the emotional aspect of the stories that it would be interesting to hear
3: that side of it. Oh, I would agree. I would I totally agree.
0: That being said, I do have a few responses to things that have been said on the show in the past several months.
2: Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> First is, of all... This is going to be aimed at me,
3: not, isn't it? Not <laughs> limited to pronouncers. First of all, Sean.
0: <laughs> I so empathize with you in having your bounce of memory loss. Oh, I used the stroke, excuse myself... And I can also claim chemo brain and old age. There are huge paths of lost memory throughout my head, and it both frustrates and fascinates me. I just trust that other trust others when they remind me of something I did or said but have no memories of.
2: I wish I could trust these two, Brenda. I was about to say
3: Unfortunately, Unfortunately. About? <laughs> we like to get to, we like to remind Sean of things that he thought he forgot. And he really didn't had no, actually no memory of it because he didn't do that.
2: I'm starting memento where I'm going <laughs> to tattoo <laughs> Dr. Who facts on my arms that I'm convinced of. The first one is Reg- Easter Saturday, but
0: Reg- <laughs> regardless of if they're real or not.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know. I talked about that. Where is that one? <laughs>
0: uh, she continues. I congratulate Keith and Sarah on your new home. I expect to only be a few. Few months before I we start getting gutter and light bulb stories from you as well as Glenn. <laughs> well, I already did one light bulb story, so we're on the way. When I can rattle off the pro, when you can rattle off the pros and cons of fescue versus centipede grass or whatever grass grows in the Midwest, you'll know you'll have arrived as a, fa- a homeowner.
2: We have a lot of crabgrass around Yeah, Bermuda grass. Is I Bermuda got a lot grass. of clover
0: in my front yard. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and the everfowl. That's popular. not grass, that's a weed. I know. <laughs> the everfowl well, are not grass. Here's the that's, way I look that's, at it that's, hey,
3: my lawn's green. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I don't have to mow it very much. That's predominantly what the front yard is. But it's nice we, and soft. We actually planted some uh, daylilies, and uh, something's eating them. Planned some yellow ones, and the one, the, the flower's just gone right off the stem. <laughs> And the other yellow ones getting eaten. Our daylilies which are getting. Clear out the opposite ends of the garden. Our daylilies there are two getting reds knocked, that
3: aren't getting touched. Ours are getting knocked off by the wind. Mm. Just mm. the, the head will go. Yeah, there's no head
2: anywhere. I don't yeah. think I would have pegged
3: you as a daylily person uh, they, Oh, really? They're pretty. They're easy to grow, too. They yeah. come back on their own every year. Yeah. That's what we're going for right yeah. now, is easy. <laughs> okay. That's what we did to start. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's quick, it's easy.
2: Every year, flowers are called perennial.
3: Why? Because they perennially – peri- Why isn't that, it, that's what why isn't it an means annual? means It means it comes up every year. Annual because you have to plant them yearly. Annual means you have to do it. <laughs> I know it's weird because you think like an, an annual event yeah. is an event. To come, yeah, but you still have to plant and – you still have to uh, plan and design that annual event. It's not an anniversary. It's annual. It happens annually because you make it happen every year. Ah. Uh. That's annual. That's weird. Okay, perennial <laughs> yes. is cyclical. It it does it that essentially, like you said, that's what it means.
0: Unfortunately, one of the flowers I want to plant in the backyard <clears throat> is
3: an annual, so
0: we're going to build up to it. My grandma called it a naked lady. Oh yeah,
2: Mel used to have naked yeah. ladies before the I, I, guy I, I, threw concrete at them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just want it in the backyard for my grandma because you know, it's a, it a was one of her things. So.
2: An iris, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's, it's it, a yeah. form of iris. Yeah. I
0: can never remember what the official name of oh, it is. Oh,
3: that's the one that has the two that come up and then the one that folds down the front? I
0: think so.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, had, that sounds right. Mel
2: had those and she had stargazers. She was really, really big on all of these. You go to her for pointers. Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: we've
3: been uh, talking to my dad about them. We too. went from light bulbs to plant bulbs, but okay. Oh. She, she was talking about <laughs> garden grass <laughs> stuff,
0: so it counts. <laughs> Wait.
3: I've got an idea. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> light bulb. Light bulb. Can, we
2: pl- can we plant light bulbs?
3: <laughs> what would if those, I, what will those grow?
2: If I could grow my own lamps, I could
3: save a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially these phosphorescent ones that we have to I buy know, now the that curly are so keys. expensive. Although they do last longer, so balances out but it's still oh, so we just we drew ourselves right into talking about life <laughs> ah!
2: Brenda I'm gonna blame you for that one <laughs> <laughs> she continues
0: Glenn please give my congratulations to Holly on passing her boards and becoming an RN my mom was a nurse and she worked her entire career in nephrology and urology so when you mentioned that That was what Holly did previously. It brought home all sorts of memories of our discussions around the dinner table when Mom would talk about her day at work. No weak stomachs in our family. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Holly will fulfill in oncology as well. When I was going through my 18 months of chemotherapy, it was the nurses who helped me keep my sanity and my hope.
3: Well, thank you very much. I will pass it along. And yes, Holly... Is looking forward to it. I think she, she feels it will be very rewarding to be able to do, uh, go into that uh, I bet career. it would or be. So, or that, that path in her nursing career.
0: And she says, F- and finally, I have a confession to make. <laughs> <laughs> Back when Sean went to galley and was having his report, he kept pronouncing John Barrowman's name as Barrowman. Did I
3: say that right? Yeah. yeah. It's Yay. like Will Barrow. Yeah. It's Barrowman. It's Barrowman.
0: Barrowman. Initially, I just let it go and told myself it wasn't a big deal. But as the name kept occurring in the report, I started gritting my teeth. (laughs) Finally, my tolerance abandoned me and I screamed at my radio. I was listening with Bluetooth in my car. It's Barrowman, for God's sake. Like a wheelbarrow. Please get it right once. And that was the exact moment... When Glenn corrected the pronunciation for the comments <laughs> in the order of, we don't want to drive Brenda crazy. <laughs> Busted. I, I can, can just d- sense it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise to continue to work on my tolerance.
3: I, I'm watching your back, Brenda. We, got, try, got Brenda we try, Brenda. We try our best. I, I, I'll i have to admit, I, say, I still say barrowman every once in a while. <clears throat> barrowman. Borrowman. Borrowman. <laughs> well, what Brenda doesn't about realize it. in the Midwest, we call them borrows." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Because you borrow them from your neighbor. <laughs> it's got a wheel,
1: and I borrow it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you homeowners will learn that now. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need one soon. You're going to need one soon. you got lava rock
0: to get rid of. <laughs> She says, so that's my check-in for the week. I thank you for the shout-out for my Patreon pledge. Yes, It's the least so I can much. do to thank you for putting out such a fun podcast that brings me all sorts of happiness. I challenge all listeners to set up a recurring pledge through the Patreon. It's so easy to do, even with a $5 a month will add up to 60 for the year. I'm happy to help support the show. Excuse me. And I hope you guys have a great week. Brenda in Atlanta. Thank you very much, Brenda. Thank for the you, kind very, very words much for and
3: that. the challenge to everyone, because it, it, it certainly does help. And it helps keep this podcast on the airwaves, even though we're not on the airwaves or on the internet. But still, as Sean would say, on the airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> and we should also uh, thank Brittany, who just started yes, pledging to it. Brittany us. has, uh, uh, she started right. She did I believe up a so. p- pledge. Okay, I thought she upped it. But I thought I'm she wrong. upped it too, but I'm not. I,
0: I'm not sure.
2: Either way, Brittany, thank you thank very you. much. Thank yeah. you, con- Your continued support will allow me to buy a thesaurus <laughs> and a pronunciation guide.
3: <laughs> we can justify that, too, because it would be for the jo- show. <laughs> <It would, laughs> pronunciation guide yeah. and an atlas. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, get, we'll get a book of geography next. <laughs> Maybe That's a that. globe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: History book. I don't know. There's <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of things in the works. Famous
3: Kings of England. <laughs> <laughs> this,
2: this CD quality copy of Bagpipes' Greatest Hits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Our next bit of feedback comes from Chrissy.
2: Um, is it this one? It is this one. Cool. Chrissy writes, the dads of who? I had a joke there and it escaped me. Uh, dear Vortex boys, who's on first? No, that wasn't. No, no. <laughs> first of all, happy Father's Day to all three of you. Yes, I'm wishing you all a happy day because you guys all have kids in your lives that you influence regularly. You talk about them all and often on the podcast, which I love hearing about. So I hope you had a fantastic day. Okay, the dads of Doctor Who. Seems like just a year ago, we five-ish fangirls were talking about fandom dads as well. Oh, wait, it was. (laughs) But it's nice to focus on the ones in Doctor Who. I've thought of a few from classic Who in particular. Maybe some that aren't quite as well-known. Dr. Edwin Waterfield, who is Victoria Waterfield's father, Victoria being a companion of the second Doctor. While Dr. Waterfield is only in one story that's mostly missing, he's still an important character for Victoria. Everything he does with the Daleks is to protect his daughter, and he risks his life to save her. And in Tomb of the Cybermen, Victoria is missing her father, and the Doctor helps her through her grief with that wonderful speech about remembering your family when they're no longer with you. When I watch stories with the first team TARDIS, I often think of how much the dynamic between the team reflects a family, with Ian Chesterton in there as the team dad of a sort. Ian always looks out for everybody and is very protective of Barbara Susan and the doctor. But he's also kind of goofball too. You boys haven't reviewed the chase yet, but I hope you guys will show Keith the version where Ian does his very best and very worst dad dancing to a certain <laughs> pop group that gained popularity in the 60s. It's glorious. That was
3: difficult to find.
2: After Ian and Barbara Stateside,
3: left, anyway.
1: Mm.
2: Stephen Tyler Taylor, Stephen Tyler. Stephen Taylor kind of filled in that fatherish role for Vicky later on. But he was more of an older brother, I thought. Although in Big Finish, there is a story where we meet Stephen's daughter and he tells her about traveling with the doctor. It's the companion chronicle The War to End All Wars. But I think the main dad in classic who is the Doctor. Just not in every incarnation. I don't think the fourth doctor is very fatherlike, but that's just me. The first Doctor is certainly that sweet and spiky grandfather type that everyone loves, once you get to know him. The third Doctor and Joe certainly have that father-daughter dynamic down. My fivey almost has no choice but to be the overwhelmed dad who has to referee (laughs) bickering kids in the TARDIS. But he's also a very loving and comforting figure when the occasion calls for it. See the end of Snake Dance with Tegan. Sixy's fatherly traits come out more in Big Finish more than anything else but there are some moments in *Travel Time Lord Session where his and Perry's relationship has clearly reached a turning point. In New Who, there are tons of fantastic dads. Pete Tyler, Brian Williams, Craig Owens, Wilfred Mott. Even the one-off dads are great. There's the dad in Night Terrors who's really sweet, and Peter Capaldi's character in The Fires of Pompeii is always a fun one to watch. Of the four Doctors we've had in New Who, I think Twelve is the one that comes off closest to being a father figure type. Although Eleven had some moments of deadness, especially when there were kids involved. While Twelve is scary at times, he also has that twinkle that harkens back to the first Doctor, especially when it comes to Clara. I'm thinking of that scene in Dark Water, where Clara has tried to force the Doctor to save Danny, and the Doctor, while acknowledging that Clara has let him down, says, Do you think I care for you so little that betraying me would make a difference? That, I think, is a pretty good summation of what being a parent is. And I say this without ever being a parent myself. Even when the kids do disappointing things, you still love and take care of them when they have troubles. And in that episode, Claire is in the middle of one of her greatest troubles of her life, and she turns to the doctor, even this older, grouchy, and spiky man, who is very different from the man he was when they first met. I don't know. I just love their relationship. Anyway, those are my very disjointed and rambly thoughts about Dads and Doctor Who. I look forward to hearing others' thoughts later. Bye for now. Chrissy.
3: Thank you, Chrissy. Thank Thank you, Chrissy. Chrissy.
2: I'm glad
0: she brought up a lot of classic ones because I was struggling to think of some. Our last bit of feedback comes from Holly.
3: And Holly writes, Hey guys, Glenn, happy birthday. Hope you had a great day. I did, and thank you very much. This is a very cool topic with it being Father's Day weekend. The list of fathers and father type figures is pretty good, and here's a few I thought of. The Doctor. I really do hope that somewhere down the line we get a little more backstory on the Doctor and his children. We know that he's a great grandfather to well, he's a great grandfather to Susan, and he does a great job in the paternal role as well as <clears throat> as well with some of the younger companions that he's traveled with, of course, over the years. On the topics of grandfathers, let's not forget Donna's grandfather Wilf. He had he was his grandfa- he was his granddaughter's cheerleader the whole way through. He kept an eye out for the TARDIS for her. Even had an encounter with a doctor before even realizing who the doctor was. I also think it was quite a lot. Oh, I also think it says quite a lot that the doctor would be proud of Wilf, proud if Wilf was his dad. Another dad to mention is that of Roy Williams' dad, Brian. Yet another to travel in the TARDIS and get to know the doctor. He takes things very well in stride and wants to be the best for his son and his daughter-in-law. Well, I'll wrap it up here, and I'd like to wish Happy Father's Day to all the father and father figures out there. I hope that you had a great day. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this topic. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly.
0: Thank Thank you, you, Holly. And that's it for feedback.
3: What are we reviewing this week?
2: Dads and Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I forgot. Not so much of a review as a topic of discussion.
3: Yes. And it was a good idea as a topic of discussion, too. Well, thank you. You could start us off, Sean.
2: Oh, bother. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: I, I I put a lot of thought into this this week. Um, I put a, I, and I kind of kept... I did. For about five minutes. <laughs> no, um, I, I haven't. When we... Yes,
0: Last minute bit of feedback that I'm only going to read part of. Yes. Because it's only relevant for this one part. Uh, It comes from Eric. And he says, hey, guys, happy Father's Day. Um, He wasn't going to send in full feedback, but he sent in a tip, which we're going to use next week. Okay. Uh Uh, And then he says, that's it. Oh, what the hell. Best father in Doctor Who? I'll go for one that's probably no one picked. Sergeant Tom Osgood from the Damons.
3: Demons. demons. <laughs> <laughs> On the heels. <laughs> I know. <of> Brutus Pronouncer. <laughs> he says goodnight. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> so Tom, Sergeant Tom Osgood. From is the that demons. presuming that he is Osgood's father? I guess so. Did he have a daughter? In we don't know. I don't. Not that I remember. But I guess presuming that that was Osgood's actual father, then. Yeah, nobody brought up the brigadier either. <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. Well, that's 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 where I was <laughs>
2: stuck at when we when we first said, "Hey, let's do this." I think it'll be fun, and then the wheels begin spinning, and it was like, "All right, so who have we got? Who have we got? Who have we got? And, and, and as Chrissy pointed out, there are tons of really good dads who knew who. I mean, that, that's kind of become a a pretty stable family dynamic that we keep running into people, um, and. and yeah, those are easy. And I thought, okay, well, I want to tackle something. Because, I mean, anybody. We, I, yeah, Craig. Craig's great. Oh, yeah. Brian. Brian's great. Rory, apparently, turns out to be pretty great after you watch the PS. You know, so we, we've got these 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 great fathers. Well, just... I, I think Rory would have still been a good, even,
0: we don't get to see it, but what we do get to see of him being a father to River, I think he does a pretty good
3: job. Yeah, Rory is a... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just I'd so out of order that. and
0: so weird that it's—he's not it, a traditional father. He's not
2: a traditional father now. No. Well, then he adopted anyway. So I guess it would still kind of technically make him a non-traditional father. But it—he's it, there's there so many good ones. I thought I wanted to do some classic ones, and my first thought was the Brigadier. But then I had to break it down, and it's like, well, he was a great father figure at work. Because I kind of, even though he's the commanding officer, I kind of do see him as the, you know, mother hen, in a way, of this 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 unit group, this unit family. Even more so than the doctor. I, he's, he's just kind of there, and he's there to be stern and, and punishment-wise when, when they need it, and, you know, a little slap on the wrist and that kind of thing. But he's also there for the pats on the back and the, you know... I can't necessarily. I see him, you know, tossing the ball with Benton in the backyard, but, you know, <laughs> but he's there. But then we get to downtime. Is that the one we reviewed? Uh-huh. Downtime, and we kind of find that well, he's got a whole family thing that we didn't really know about, and he wasn't really there for because of the job, and it's kind of like it's,
0: it's uh, one of those things where he's a great man, but not necessarily a great father, right? Because he's the absent father, yeah. Because he's so busy with work,
2: and obviously, Kate revered him greatly. Uh, on on the new series, and you know he, he, he we revere him because he's a great man, but is he necessarily a great father if he's not there? So then I kind of had to back away from that one. So then I started thinking, okay, well who else have we got? And well, there's really not a lot of. um, I thought of one that, <laughs> but it's one
0: we haven't seen, so I don't know how good he is. And this is Dad. Because what little I know of that story, I know when this is Dad's in it. Yeah. (laughs) I probably know more than Sean would want me to know. You're you're handling the
3: forbidden scrolls, Keith. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't say anything because I thought, am I supposed to say anything? I always get dirty looks from Sean. (laughs) Yelling spoilers.
2: As long as you don't spoil... that part of it I think you're, you're okay to comment <laughs> on the man's character Big Finish already hasn't spoiled for me <laughs> <laughs> I think you're alright to comment on. I honestly don't remember how much Nis' dad's in that episode and I I, I I believe they had a pretty good relationship I think you're right I think he oh I,
0: just from the fallout from the stories we've heard from Big Finish it sounds like they had a good relationship yeah
3: yeah, yeah. No, I, back I, me I, up on that because I, 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 I genuinely I, don't remember no I certainly yeah no I I think uh, oh, yeah. Without giving too much of the story away, I think that he fell into that – he was misguided in his in – the, in the way that society was being driven and how the formation of their uh, government or society or – that was – all of them were though. They were all guilty of, of the machinations that were going – it wasn't even machinations. It was just the guilty of the traditions um, he was a very good father. He was a very good family man. I think for 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 Nissa, um, he obviously raised her well. She was very smart, uh, proper. Uh, you know, she she had a lot of great attributes, and I think that you can attribute those to the way she was raised. He had faults on another side, which we'll tackle when we review the story. But yeah, as far as a family man, I think he was yeah. a, a very good father to Nissa.
2: Um. Unfortunately, I, I I kept kind of going down this road where every time I came up with a a, a, a potential classic series candidate, I was like no, <laughs> because, <laughs> and 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 kind of some oddball ones maybe that, that, that crept in there as well because I you know I I joked about Davros not being on the list and you know father of the Daleks but too possessive he you know a little psychotic. <laughs> Kind of, kind of a uh,
0: helicopter father. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, 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 you know, we've got, um, <laughs> forgetting all of my my notes now. I should have wrote these down. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, every time I came up with them, I was like, no, he kind of caused a genocide. Um, no, and they're, they're just, there really aren't. And I, I think part of it is just the, the differences in television from then and now. And, um, I finally kind of decided that this, this is going to sound really, really strange. And I hesitate to even go there, but Frobisher from children of Earth from Torchwood. Oh, okay. All right. Because he was very dedicated to his family. He was very dedicated to his children. Boy, and yeah. to the extent that, yeah, I'm willing to sacrifice your kids to save mine.
1: Yeah.
2: That's, you know, that's pretty hardcore. And does that make him a good person? No. But is he a good parent? Yeah, I, I think maybe at least up until the end. <laughs> but then that was, that was the next problem I ran into. It was like, oh, yeah, there's that part. <laughs> Just... So tell me more about your picks because I, I, uh, I, I got stuck. I, was like, I, uh,
0: I, I really couldn't think of much classic who besides from the brig and Mrs. Father. Um, yeah. Oh, everything, every person I could come up with was. Pretty much new series from uh, Wilf and Craig and obviously Brian. I think Brian's probably my, my top choice uh, with Craig as a close second. Um, well, but even like Martha's dad, there's so much focus more on her mom than her dad, mm-hmm. especially in that time. Pete's another good example of we get a lot of Jackie, but not a whole lot of Pete. Granted, he's dead, but still – um, there's just so little bit of it. It's, it seems that it's not until Moffat took over that the dads became more prominent.
3: We focused much more on the moms.
0: That's true. And
2: that.
3: RTDs era. Um, I, I went with the Brigadier as well, and I'm going to take a little different shine or spin to it because I think downtime showed us that the, the, the surprise was is that the – We learned that the brigadier has a daughter and a grandson, and he wasn't there for much of their lives. And I don't want, I don't, I think the separation between Kate and the brigadier early on was a two sided thing. I think that the brigadier was so involved in work that it spurned Kate, and she was even more so spurned when his first wife left because of the fact that he was so involved with work. On the flip side, part of that, Is her fault for not reaching out or understanding why, because she couldn't. It was so secretive. And it is downtime that really brings that understanding between the two of them that he was a father that wasn't there enough. And she was a daughter who couldn't understand why he had to be doing what he was doing. And so much so that she isolated his grandson from him. And at the end, he ultimately stops the uh, intelligence because of the fact that the intelligence is going to turn... Kate into a Yeti. That's why that he saves the day in that sense. And his motivation is the fact that his daughter is in mortal danger. So that right there makes him a wonderful father. And he saves her in the way that he was always protecting the world from all of the alien invasions and all of the supernatural things that were going on. He was doing his job to save everyone, and this time it was to save his daughter. So it was in the same vein, and she understands that and learns that their relationship actually gets better, even more so to the point that when he clears her name with Unit, she actually goes on to work for Unit and become head of scientific advisor. So at one point, he's redeemed in her eyes enough so that he suddenly becomes very admired by her and she continues to follow in his footsteps in a very different way because she's not militaristic, she's scientific. Yeah. But So I think that retroactively or ultimately makes him a great father. Unfortunately, they had misgivings and mistakes in their relationship up to a certain point, but she obviously reveres him. And he's, his portrait's even on the plane, in Eunice's yeah. plane. Yeah. And I don't get the impression it's because... Of his – just because of his officer status, I think it's because she intentionally made sure that that portrait was placed there. So I think that despite what we learn early in downtime, it does ultimately redeem the the brigadier as a a good father because he had to keep what he was doing secret and to keep his family safe. And so unfortunately – It's not necessarily ultimately what we learn in
2: downtime. It's actually – in putting it that way, it kind of – downtime becomes the missing piece that we needed to – To help – because not only did it together. set it up that there was this estrangement, but it also set up the, 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 the key to fixing it because it opened exactly. that door. It did that open was the able door. She now yeah. see that, oh, this when is When she's why. suddenly
3: involved. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree. But also, I think because he was doing what needed to be done to protect his family as well, he was still being a good father in that sense. Unfortunately, it had to shut off other aspects of the father which distanced them and, and did make them estranged. Yeah. Um, I think ultimately, I go back to despite what we'll probably learn from Lungborough <laughs> on how the uh, time Lord um, genealogy works, I think that 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 and and uh, Chrissy and I think Holly both pointed this out that I think the doctor uh, while in certain incarnations aren't necessarily that father figure, I agree that I think. As a grandfather, he's very, ultimately, you're very loving and protective of your children and your grandchildren. And that's what he is to uh, Susan in the beginning. He's very protective. He does not want the teachers almost, on board. Overly protective. He wants to run away because he's ultimately protecting himself and his granddaughter, he's protecting them from. From anything, and 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 unfortunately, he's overprotective, as you just said, and and almost smothering her. To the fact that she wants to kind of break away a little bit, and you know, she wants some norm- normalcy. She wants to stay on Earth. She wants to do those kind of things. And but I think he kind of grows and learns from that, and he grows as a grandfather. I think even to the point where he lets her go because he understands that that's the best thing for her. That <coughs>
1: excuse me. Not that, that I want to
2: know because I don't. But I almost wonder if it's – is is it possible that maybe the doctor is in a way atoning for a mistake or what he sees as a mistake? That maybe in raising his child that he wasn't protective enough and something happened and when he took stewardship of Susan that he kind of swung the other direction that I'm not going to make that mistake again and that we kind of see that – in those first, you know, 10, 16 ep- 10 episodes that she's in, or 10 serials that she's in, where he's kind of getting to learn to cut those, those apron strings in a way.
3: Everybody out there that's read The New Adventures are screaming, going, eh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Probably not. But-, <laughs> but, no, it, but, um, but then again, that's also considered sidesteps, so not necessarily within the canon Continu- continuity, so it really depends on your point of view. But that is a nice um, theory as to... Uh, the history there that... that, that well, like that, I said, that, I don't know that man. I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, the... So, and, and and I would have to agree that I think that the second Doctor is very fatherly to both Victoria and Jamie. Oh, yeah. And even though I think he and Jamie have more of a, a buddy relationship, he is very fatherly in a lot of the... Um, Explanations. He's a very teaching man. He wants mm-hmm. to explain. He wants to to give explanations and and explain consequences and explanation explain the science of things. And even in his delivery, is very fatherly with both of the, yeah. the both of the uh, companions. Um, maybe a little less so with um, Polly and
1: uh, Ben.
3: Ben, because that dynamic is a little different because they were only there for a short time and. We haven't reviewed a lot of, of, of their particular stories because there's not a lot of them in existence, but they had kind of a different relationship at first because they were the first ones to go through that change and in yeah. so maybe not so much there, but I, I really get that kind of at times we get that fathery aspect through, from the second doctor. The third doctor is almost back to that grand that protective grandfather in a way. Not so much with Liz, but especially with more Joe. so with Joe. Yeah. Um they it's almost you almost go to that more older, experienced uncle with their, with them, yeah. which in a, in a way can still be kind of a father figure. And
0: still kind of carries over then with uh,
3: Sarah, Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane, absolutely. I, I, I think very much so. Um, I agree that the fourth Doctor is probably the most removed from being a father because the the fourth Doctor at times can be very reckless. And I don't see that as a fatherly aspect. He is very... He has a relationship with his companions that I think is very different than other companions. I think the Doctor is very ready for... The companions to kind of take care of themselves. They, I think he, he identifies that the companions can take care of themselves most of the time. I think that's why a lot of times you see a split up of mm-hmm. the companions and the Doctor in the Fourth Doctor's era. Because a lot of times, I think he's even, especially with Romana, he's on level oh, yeah. with her as as far as him being from the same race. I mean, she is quite younger than him, but you know they, 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 they are from the same Time Lord race. Um, Sarah Jane, I think is, is more of a brotherly sisterly type yeah, relationship. Absolutely. I've always said that. And then I think Leela, I think it's more of a teacher student relationship mm-hmm. and not necessarily a father. So uh, I would also get past the fourth doctor, even though I dwelled there longer than I thought. I agree well, with Chris. It's kind of interesting though, that he winds up taking on a child near yeah, the end of with, his run with Adric. Absolutely. Yeah. Although in that essence, he doesn't want Adric around. He That's didn't true. want Adric to come along. It was really Romana was more of a motherly figure yeah. in that situation. And by the time things really got anywhere with Adric, he uh, 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 regenerated. forget so what the word was. <laughs> he regenerated at that point. So, yeah, ironically enough, the least fatherly one is the first one that gets a very young companion yeah. at that time. And I completely agree with Chrissy. And I didn't even really think about it until now that, that being the... Arbitrator between the bickering of the companions within the TARDIS, you really do feel like that—that that fatherly responsibility of making sure that you know everybody gets along, not everybody's fighting. You're controlling the the situations. Um, I, ironically enough, I don't see much fatherly in—that's uh, well, not ironic—but uh, Colin Baker at all. No. Even his relationships, I think, with Perry and Mel were more of a well. With he and Perry, it was very spiky at first. <laughs> I think they were more they, of a
0: bickering old couple,
3: exactly. But I think they grow to appreciate each other yeah. by uh, trial of time, Lord. And I don't necessarily where I think Chrissy kind of sensed more of a fathery figure there. I think that's the closest thing to it. But it's almost more like a respectful, a respectful relationship between them. And then he and Mel, I just was to me was always kind of just a. I mean, there's not much there, but yeah. other than unless you allude to big finish, there's more. And and I I think I agree that that. Colin Baker could see more fatherly in the Big Finish audios uh, than he does on the, any of the televised stuff. Um, and then we go back again to uh, The Seventh and Eighth. I just – I don't see a father-daughter relationship there either. I, I see a, a student-teacher a yeah, relationship there. very much so there. Uh, we don't think we get that with The Eighth Doctor at all. And then, of course, when uh, Nine comes on the scene, I really felt when they started that that it was more of a father – Daughter, older man, younger person, even maybe the the protective uncle rose until we started going down the line of the relationship aspect, and then you have to step away from that when ten comes <laughs> around because you're like, no, this nope. this nope. that's way too weird to think of it that <laughs> way in anyway. Um, but uh, w- something that we forgot to mention is that the doctor, presuming he was a father at least once, because he had uh, a presumably had a child that had Susan because he had a granddaughter. Yeah. He has another daughter, Jenny, which isn't necessarily the traditional father-daughter situation. <laughs> it's almost like, even oh. though it's a clone copy in the way, it's almost like the daughter that shows up that was the love child from 30 years ago. <laughs> You're like, you don't know what to do with them. You have no bond or relationship with them other than DNA. And... He's he's actually very put off by the fact that she almost she's almost put off with the fact that she exists because it wasn't his choice it wasn't a yeah it wasn't it was all situational he 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 didn't and he's he's you know he, he's very abrasive and aggressive at her but the where the fatherly part comes in is when she puts herself in front of the bullet for him and. She ends up, you know, dying. Well, you know, <laughs> we think she dies. He thinks she dies. At that point, you see that absolute um, uh, uh, unconditional love come in at the end, and there's that real emotional scene where he he kind of so he's overwhelmed by it. And he realizes that you know, even in this short span of time, he didn't really get to know her, and and and. You you got you've seen it. It's very touching, and I think you know from being a father, it's very you know I've never had that sort of relationship with a child in the span of thirty minutes, but um, (laughs) I can understand that emotion that would happen in that situation. Well, then jumping forward to eleven,
0: there are moments where he is very fatherly towards Amy, and then there are moments where he's. Where they're more like brother and sister. Yeah. He, he, he goes back and forth depending on the situation because there are so many times you almost get the impression that he still sees Amy as Amelia, as the little kid, even though she's fully grown. And then there are the times where he recognizes she's an adult and treats her like an adult, and they are more closer to a peer level than a
3: father-daughter relationship. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the 11th doctor is very fatherly when there are children because the doctor is very child, the 11th doctor is very childlike himself. Mm-hmm. He is that whimsical. He he's that fun dad that, you know, mom is the authoritarian and dad is the fun guy, you know. Yeah. And, and every once in a while he has to, you know, implement a little discipline to keep it. But he, it always seems like the daughters and the sons are siding with dad against mom because yeah. mom's the authoritarian and she's the very strict one. He's that type of person when there's no children around. But when he there are children around, then he's the very fun. But he also recognizes things, and one of the things that I thought made him very fatherly is when the Beast Below, when they're talking about the surroundings, and he notices oh, the yeah. one little girl crying, and he's the only one that notices the one girl, little girl crying. And I don't remember exactly what he says is uh, about the question about the first thing he asks is why is she, is she crying. So he zeroes in and notices that, and I think that's a very fatherly aspect. I think when. Uh, he's wanting to give the children in uh, the... Doctor, the Widow, and the Warder. That's the one. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the first part of that was the Doctor. The Doctor, the Widow, and the Warder. When he wants to give them a Christmas to remember because of be happy, the because fact they that won't be happy exactly, later. Exactly. They'll yeah. never be happy again. That's a very giving and loving fatherly gesture, I think. Yeah. And, and then, again, another father on the other side of that is the one that's not coming home. And, well presumably, the one that's not coming home and wouldn't have had the events and actions taken place and and she was able to save him. So um, there's another father. (laughs) Uh, And and then 12, I I just have to completely agree with um, uh, Chrissy's sentiments on on 12. While it's very easy to look at the prickly aspects of the 12th Doctor and go, she's not very fatherly. There are, he has a lot of moments in which he is with Clara, and so he he can serve as a father figure in that sense. Um, do you guys, I've, I've got a bunch more if you guys want to jump in and do a little bit. I'll take a break here and then.
2: I, other than the Doctor, were there any in in classic Who that you you you, you pegged upon and went, "This uh, is the one"? Because, like I said, I mean, knew Who I feel like is the Brig, is but well there was a bit
3: of a, of, a, of a bridge there. Um, there's really not. I mean, in fact, I hadn't really considered um, Tarkin until um, Nissa's father, until Keith brought that up. But there, there, there was certainly that. Uh, we've had the the, oh, the, the, dr- pellet- the draconian um, from
2: uh, Frontier in Space. Yes, The draconian yes, Emperor yep. was uh, a pretty, a pretty darn good father. It, I it think. was
3: one of those ones where the 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 son is the you know. It's almost that unconditional love there as well. He was a, he was a very good father, but he had that. Uh, I think the, the wasn't the son a bit rebellious and then and and was going through. If I'm if I'm remembering that yeah, right, because well, he was
2: the one that was kind of saying, "Father, why aren't we going off to war?" Exactly. It was kind of he stuff. was and, he
3: is very strong headed and very rebe- Not I don't want to say rebellious against his father, but he had a diff- he had different ideals and different um, outlook than his father did. Yeah. But his father was, conti- you know, was was continually trying to trying to guide him, and that this is, you know, this is the best way to do this. And using and the,
2: the wisdom of of not only his position, but uh, I forgot about the draconian.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. An- another one I would I would uh, say would be um, the Peladon uh, had a father uh, son. That well, was a mother son relationship. That wasn't father.
0: Well, wasn't the other Peladon with the princess, wasn't that a father-daughter relationship?
2: Yeah, because that's where Sarah Jane kind of stepped in and said, no, you don't have to marry the guy if you oh, don't want to. Oh, that's know. right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Although... That, that, I, that I kind of would say not as a very a good, father. <laughs> good father.
3: was a little because of the fact yeah. that the, the, the father had the traditions that he was upholding yeah. and had the... Uh, he was more of the abrasive dic- dictatorial father. that. But, but then again, at the end, he sort of won over and... I remember this right. He he is sort of won over and convinced, isn't he? By the end of that, that, that the traditions don't necessarily have to be followed. Am I remembering I the th- end of that right? I think so. So so there's a father there, but I don't know that you could. I mean, my memory's not enough in order to. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Whether yeah. On too. Father or not. Um, it's yeah,
0: interesting I, bringing up the alien, alien aspect, is because I'm trying to think now. And it's so hard to put those in that category because we don't have the context of their of their society to judge if they are good parents. There, some of the Ice Warrior—I think there were Ice Warrior parents—or um, any of the other monsters, where or aliens, where it's a son trying to like please the dad. To us, what they're doing is not appropriate and not good father son behavior but for their society he's probably in, uh an upright and outstanding father
2: what about the the, the nuclei of the swarm you know, he's, oh, yeah. he's go, <laughs> going forth and going to give birth to an entire species that's going to go out and swarm across the universe and he doesn't care who he has to kill to have that happen. That's, right, that's, right, I suppose in the, within the confines of a pretty good dad.
0: Well, and, like <laughs> father, father of mine in Family of Blood. I mean, in that, the context of that family and that species, what the dad does is for his family. I mean
2: – Family Selzene?
0: Yeah. Another good example. Boy,
2: we've strayed far and wide on what I thought we were going to talk about. Well, but especially it's going into the Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah, yeah.
3: Certainly, looking from the perspective, though, of the society, it's it, it's it's easy to paint fathers in our perspective and from from our the way that we believe. But it's really hard to step onto the other side of that to from the society from there, of these, yeah. these other species and and aliens and and. In comparison, is that a good father? And I think we have to kind of rail ourselves back to our perspective and, yeah. and say yes. Just I think to be we, fair, yeah, just, exactly. It's
0: just so interesting because I never even thought if of any another aliens, dynamic. Yeah, in there as Yeah, well. it's a whole yeah. thing I never thought of.
2: Um, who was the? Uh, there was one there that I was thinking of, and it, well. I suppose Rassilon is the father of Time Lord Society would count, too. <laughs> that yeah, other. Not really um,
3: he's a bad father. <laughs> yeah. Is he a bad father, or does the rest of the family just paint him into that corner? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very selfish father, in my opinion. Over the, the course of everything that you've yeah. learned about Rassilon, he's very selfish.
2: I continually think back on some of the ones that... Uh, the, uh, there, there have been a handful of, I think... Um, Oh, the dad that dragged the youngster on the adventure so that they could go do and, you know, inevitably winds up getting himself killed or something. It seems like that's kind of been a, a, a trope that happens pretty regularly. I look for the life of I me. Mean, I can't think of one now. But um Yeah, other than your examples, I really have to kind of go back to New Who and kind of center yeah. in I'm on a whole lot more.
3: And we, you guys talked a little bit about Pete. Pete's the, that anomaly because... Pete was not there for Rose's growing up. I mean, she was a baby when he died, and he really kind of gets his moment in Father's Day. He really gets what sort of dad he would have been, and to to make that ultimate sacrifice as well, not just to save the lives of everybody, because he does, but also to save the life of, of the daughter he never knew, and that's pretty incredible. And to take that one step further, that when she meets... Pete's world, Pete. <laughs> when she meets Pete on the in the alternate universe, he's never had a daughter. He never he never had a chance. It was a dog. Rose was the dog, and Jackie was very selfish. But again, he's able to redeem himself because there's uh, there's that fatherly nucleus in him because he's the one that pumped. I mean, it's probably at the encouragement of Jackie but he's the one that pops in and saves Rose before she's pulled into the void yeah. yeah and that's a very selfish act or selfless act in order to to do something for that for somebody you know you just met and and what could have been i mean it's, you, you don't know what it, what it was and clearly when he takes both her and Jackie into his life and decides to become the family man that they really wanted in the first or Jack, Jackie and, and really wanted, he wanted and too. and was painted In Rose's mind, because Jackie made her dad seem like a really great guy, even though he was really kind of a deadbeat. And uh, to to really fulfill that role and then become a father again of his own because Jackie's pregnant by the end of that episode. So there's another Tyler on the way at that point. So Pete gets that that, anomaly that that, that there's that nature about him, that fatherly nature that we never get to experience in our world. And he does get to become in the, in the alternate universe, so he's a bit of an anomaly. But I think that makes him a very good father because yeah. there's something inside him that that would have made a great father. So he's able to overcome those exact situational things.
2: She, uh, Chrissy, mentioned a little bit about um, Martha's dad, and you kind of elaborated on it a little bit that so much of the focus was on the mother. Yeah, that we really don't get much there other than there's been a separation and they don't get along anymore. But Martha turned out all right and apparently still has a a very good relationship with her dad.
0: And by the end of the uh, three-parter, they're pretty much back to being a whole family. Well,
3: and and you get that impression, too, that he's very protective. He would do anything for his his kids, any of his kids. And, And you really get that... Despite the fact that that there were, as you said, uh, falling out between the mother and the father, her mom and dad, they at least they both had their children's best interest in mind, regardless yeah. of the approach they took to protect them. And we, we, I mean, you can arguably say that that her mom made huge mistakes, but both of them, I think, were very, very good to their children in a sense that they were always trying to do what they felt was best for them, despite the relationship they had. Yeah.
0: I just thought of another new who one um, that we've only seen a little bit, but he seems like he's a very good dad, which is Clara's. Despite who, whether it be she, she be an aunt or girlfriend or new wife, the bits with her and her dad during time, the time of the time doctor. Of the doctor. Yeah. yeah, he's very supportive of her yeah. and very encouraging for her. Yeah, I mean, the doctor shows up naked
3: for crying out loud. Yeah, he's and he tries to with take it, it in stride. <laughs> <laughs> her quote-unquote boyfriend yeah. shows up naked. <laughs> Actually, Gran was probably more. Uh... She, she was a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> but but then
0: he was still very supportive after she comes back and is all devastated. I mean.
3: We talked a little bit about and, and the feedback. Talked a little bit about Wilf as well, and and Wilf really stepping in when Donna's father dies, yeah. uh, which happens obviously off screen, but because he's there for Runaway Bride. But uh, at some point, I think Wilf stepped in as the fatherly figure for Donna and and showed unconditional love for her and was uh, as Chrissy pointed out his cheerleader. I maybe that was Holly that said that. But was really a cheerleader for, mm-hmm. for Donna yeah. to to, to aspi because Donna is she she wasn't she was very unmotivated. She was very narrow minded, I think, until she met the doctor. She was very narrowly focused on what mm-hmm. she wanted in life. And ultimately, I mean she ends up with <sighs> She ends up with the uh, the gentleman there that she, she finally does get married to the second. Well, it, it's her second marriage, uh, and he's a very run of the mill, not very well off. You know, not not somebody that's going to be able to handily take care of them. But he recognizes the fact that they're in love, and he's some very supportive of yeah. that relationship, and it, and and realizes that's what's good for. Her. Fortunately, the doctor helps out and <laughs> gives him a little money, which I think was really cool that he borrowed the dollar, that he bought the ticket from her dad, her actual dad. Oh, that yes. Was, I still get chills when I think of that moment. I think, you know, for all that uh, 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 reminiscing and pandering that they did at the <laughs> end of the time, that was one of those moments I went, that was clever.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think
0: Wolf is a great character and a great grandfather, but I don't know if he was a great dad. I think he might be a better grandfather than a dad. Because look here's how wife. Sylvia didn't turn out the greatest. But here's
3: why he's a good dad. Because he's very tolerant of her. Well, that's true. He, he's very and, patient and with Sylvia. And he's very patient with Syl. And, yeah. S- and Syl is that abrasive type of person. And you kind of wonder if maybe she might have gotten that from her mother. Yeah. Who Wilf would have also had to have been very patient it's with true. and understanding. A good point. And he may see a lot of his uh, wife in that. His, you know, his past wife, in in that. And so I think that that, he's very supportive of Sylvie, even when she's very abrasive and very, you know, uh, he also respects the fact that when she's ganging up on Donna and doing what she thinks is best for Donna, he is still very supportive. Now, behind her back, he kind of does the, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm being a cool dad and siding with you, but he never... He never really berates Sylvia for being no, the type right. of mother yeah. that she is. So I think that could be a good quality in a father as well. Is let your kids raise the kids the way you you had your chance, let the kids raise their kids the way they they feel the best way to raise them. And that can make him a good father as well. It's 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 all different aspects. Of, yeah, it's, of, it's of different of ways being of being a, being father. a father, yeah. yeah. Um, I wish I had some more Classic Who. The the thing is, any time that we meet fathers in Classic Who, and I think we have met fathers and daughters and fathers and sons, it's always very um, supplemental to the story. There's yeah. always that, it's, it's always, that's a, I don't want to say it's a B-plot, but it's always very underlined to what the big Well, it's a it's a footnote.
1: It's a footnote, exactly. It's one drop line of, and of and character development, development yeah.
2: before we go off and have a chase before the cliffhanger. And that's just the, the the dynamic of the show has changed so much, where because it is, you know, still perceived very much as a family show. I think they, you know, RTD and, and Moppet have taken that to heart and said, "All right, well, let's let's introduce some family into yeah. this." And, and that's why we get so much of of Jackie, because that was really unheard of when you look at early Who, and then look at that we're getting really a whole episode about her family and her backstory and this. And then when we get introduced to uh, to Donna for the first time in Runaway Bride, we get that. We get introduced to Martha for the first time. We get that. And it's just – it's kind of been the template ever since then.
0: And then later we get a story about a character learning how to be a good father and choosing to be a father instead of a guy who's married to a girl with a daughter – or with a child. Yeah. I mean with Craig's that whole story in closing time is very much him earning the respect of his child and learning to be a father. Yeah. Yeah, and that's Which absolutely so, true. it's it's the storytelling <laughs> difference where he where they explore the more than just
3: it's an alien invasion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going back, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna use this because we're talking fathers. I talked. To, did I tell you guys I watched Into the Woods last week?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So,
3: um, Craig, uh, what's his real name? Uh, James uh, Corden. Thank you. James Corden's in that, and there is a scene where spoilers: the mother has died. <laughs> and the and Cinderella is giving him his child because he, they just they they had, had the baby because the curse was broken because they got the objects for the witch and she broke broke the curse so they were able to have their child and after the mom dies the mom has been the one that's been very supportive of mother and the child and Cinderella gives the baby to the baker which is what James Gordon is playing and he does this I don't know what to do with it. I don't, it was very, very um, Craig. From, and I thought, they did that on
1: purpose. He acted
3: exactly like he did. Either that or he said, oh, I know something would be fun. And he ad <laughs> lived that because it was so Craig in that moment. and I thought, oh, what a wonderful nod to Doctor Who that was. Anyway, sorry. That was still father-related.
2: And, and the director's going, I don't get it, but I like it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll keep <laughs> that in. I'm hoping that there was a
3: lot of people that were on board with that, knew that, oh, yeah, I know what we're doing here. That's cool.
2: Well, you know, Johnny Depp was going to be the doctor at one point.
3: <laughs> anyway, um, that's the worst part of that movie, by the way. Um, <laughs> Shock. <laughs> Disbelief. And it's certainly easier for us because of what you just said about how Moffat and, and and Davis both realized that, you know, it is a family show. Let's interject some family into this. Let's Family can make for some really good drama. So let's yeah. put that in there. And so and that's why we focus on it because, like you said, in Classic Who, a lot of times it was a footnote. And so we struggle to find father-like figures in Doctor Who, which we've done with – Chrissy did with Ian, I think was very good um, – uh, Steven to a point, you know, and then obviously stepping through the doctor and, and his relationship with his companions. So, um, they in turn, I think make good doc, uh, good, uh, father figures themselves for, for all different qualities oh, of, yeah. of being a father. Yeah. And Rory and another thing where I, th- that points to Rory would have been an excellent father or, or had we been able to see, I think Rory was a good father is when the, um, the Dream Lord puts them in the scenario. What was the name of it? Was Amy's it choice? Yeah. Where they put them in scenario, and she's pregnant, and he is very, very protective and ready, and and getting ready for this, you know, event that's going to come. And it's that lead up to you realize that Rory is 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 really changing, or or the, this version of Roy is really changing and making preparations for his wife to have a child and to be that father and he's being very protective of Amy and the baby that's that hasn't been born yet. And so you see a lot of qualities of a good father in that sense, somebody preparing to be uh, become, you know, a part of fatherhood. Yeah. And I think that you get glimpses that's the that's the interesting thing about Laurie is you get glimpses of what type of father he was based on the preparations for having a baby. The fact that he had babies dumped on his doorstep, and we find out that you know his grown grown daughter is already I mean he meets his grown daughter before he even meets the the baby that yeah. you know, he does get. Unfortunately, he isn't really his in uh, <laughs> Good Man Goes to War because it's a uh, flesh avatar, yeah, flesh yeah. avatar. So you you kind of get that aspect, and then in turn with the adopted son that later visits Brian in yeah, uh, was it called PS, is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah. So in the uh, storyboards for that, so. Yeah, I think Rory would have been a wonderful father. I think so too.
2: Captain Avery, who?
1: Yeah, oh, that was yeah, that, that, yeah. Was,
3: that was his son. That, that stole was his away. son. Yeah, um, more of a a, a deer situation where Avery was really embroiled in his job, if you want to call it that. Yeah, and the son was very neglected, so much so that he felt that he needed, he wanted to go on an adventure with his with his dad. But again, Avery was also protecting his son because. Avery knew what he did. He knew what kind of man he was, and so he knew it wasn't a safe place for a child. Exactly, yeah. He was exactly separating himself for his son, in the sense that he didn't want to put his son in danger, his yeah. son and his wife in danger, and so and, and makes that kind of or almost makes that ultimate sacrifice there at the end. It doesn't end up being a, uh, a well, it does kind of end up being a brigadier situation because he does put his life in danger to protect his son to a point. <laughs> yeah, I mean they all get. It ends up being the doctor that saves everybody, but (laughs) I'd forgotten about Avery. Yeah, that's a good one. Anybody else? Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
1: I think we've I think we've I think think we've spurred a very
3: good conversation here and uh I, I think that there's a lot more, and I, and I would hope that if, if listeners, um, whether you 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 sent feedback this week or you hadn't thought much about it, but maybe we've spurred some of it. Maybe we 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 can pull this into next week's feedback. If you've got well, yeah. a little bit more, something else springs to if you're mind. You're screaming at, if your, at your at your radio right now. <laughs> another situation springs to mind. Uh, we can address a little bit of this in feedback next week. If, if anybody wants to to add to the conversation, you're, you're certainly welcome to, welcome to retroactively as well. So. All
2: right, well. Happy Father's Day. Happy
3: Father's, Father's Day. Day. What do we got coming up on the schedule?
2: Well, as a late minute change to the schedule, uh, originally we were planning on doing the Aztecs with William Hartnell next week, for, or this week for Friday Night Who on the 26th. Uh, and due to a component of the schedule that's come into play for later, we've decided to change that. So I apologize if you were really looking forward uh, or ran out and bought your disc. Or, or ran, ran out and bought your disc <laughs> for the Aztecs. Um, don't, yeah, well, it's not that we're not going to do it again. We're right, sure going right. to watch that one. It's the Aztecs. And it's Dr. Who's. You had to own it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Glenn says, you know, <laughs> you're, you're all completed, sir. Um, but we will get to it eventually, but instead we're going to go back and do Web of Fear. Now we have done Web of Fear relatively recently on Friday Night Who time. We did it last year when, when the disc initially came out after, um, being discovered. But, well, um,
3: yes, yes. Yeah. Cause it. Released digitally in October, it was discovered, and we did it when it released in on DVD April. In, in April. D- yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're going to again, we're going to break into
2: two parts. So we're going to do the first three parts of the Web of Fear for our Friday Night Who next week, and then we've got two Eighth Doctor uh, Big Finish adventures uh, for the Eighth Doctor's Adventures, which is number five, Phobos, and number six, No More Lies, which Glenn apparently has already listened to. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to come back the uh, July Fourth weekend, so on the third. We'll be listening or watching uh, the follow-up four through six of The Web of Fear. And then our show that week is the book review, which is why we made this change. We're actually all reading Lethbridge Stewart Forgotten Son, uh, which is the Driving the Vortex book club book of the month over on Goodreads, and we decided, well, this is an opportunity for us to be topical <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on time for once. So uh, you've all got through June to finish reading the book.
3: Yes, if you haven't started, hop on board.
2: Hop on board. we have got two weeks, now, but so. it's, it's only, what you say, 200 and... 288 pages, I 288. believe. Which is not pages. horrible. It's, 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 it's a It's a doable for two oh, weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, if you, if you've been part of the book club, you know, we thank you for that and hope you everybody's enjoying that. And we wanted to be a little bit larger of a part of that. So I tipped off the book club folks uh, this week that, uh, you know, this was coming. So, uh, if you're not on board with the book club, well, see, they had an exclusive on you. So there's a reason to jump over there and do that. But, um, we'll be actually giving our review on that, um, the following week and then the rest of the schedule, uh, will be posted. I'm putting the finishing touches on the post now, as a matter of fact. So. Excellent.
3: 288 pages according to Goodreads.
2: Which I'm up to, I think I said, what did I say, 46?
0: Something like that.
2: And you're well ahead. You're 100. And 152. 100. I'm halfway through. Since we're all doing page numbers, I figured I better jump <laughs> on <board with> that
3: <laughs> I only do that because as I track it on Goodreads,
2: it's a lot easier digitally. <laughs> <when it, laughs> yeah. You know. But, um, so yeah. So jump on board and go go get your copy of Lethbridge Stewart, Forgotten Son.
3: The Forgotten Son, isn't it? Is it The Forgotten Son? Yeah, I finally got to the reason of the title. Ah, <laughs> oh, so it makes sense S- eventually. Thought coming. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah, And if you have
2: started reading the book, you can certainly understand why we've chosen to switch from the Aztecs to Web of Fear. And if you have
3: (laughs) read the book, don't be afraid to go on to Goodreads and go ahead and post your reviews. Uh, Make sure if you are spoiling anything that you market spoilers. Um, But, yeah, go ahead and get those reviews in there. Um, We might even, as we finish up, look at some of the reviews on there and see. And if they don't end up in feedback, Maybe we could go to those and kind of it'd be fun to share yeah, those. Yeah, share yeah. some of those as well. So if you want to want to do the review there as well, uh, is our attempt to integrate our, our yeah, community. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It would, well, you know, we 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 want to do more with the book club because it's it's something that that the uh, the ladies have uh, streamlined and really got off the ground, and we we thoroughly enjoy it. I wish we could be involved more often than we are. Yeah. Um, we certainly try, but um, this is one way for us to really kind of tie the two together. So. All right. Um, Well, you know, of course, uh, be sure and support us, Patreon, Spreadshirt, Amazon. Amazon, um, If you just want to send us cash, (laughs) 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 that's fine too. We want to thank everybody that has pledged um, this last month those of you that have added pledges and those of you that raised pledges. Again, thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Brittany. And uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, any of those other places. If you're new, you can find us on those. It's just a quick search of Traveling the Vortex. We are at, traveled vor- at Travel Vortex. That's a little harder one to find on Twitter. Um, and then each of us individually, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, Keith uh, is at Vortex Keith. It's that simple. Sean is at Vortex Sean. It's that simple. I'm Beelzebub72.4. Not as simple. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm at Vortex Glen, which is uh, just that simple as well. So you can find us on there and follow We've us individually. We streamlined as well. it for you. We have streamlined
2: it. Other than the uh, funky spellings, I think, of uh, at least two of us.
3: Funky spellings?
2: Yeah. I think Glen with two N's is a little unusual. <sighs>
3: That's the way it's supposed to be spelled. <laughs> oh, that's how I've always spelled it.
2: But then I come up against people and, yeah, you know, you, I you add, you add that second in out of, of habit. And well, you know,
3: you give your name anywhere for an order. Uh, take your order, yeah. Okay, what's your name? Glenn? One in. Two in yeah. please. You know, and I get to the point where I'm like, <laughs> I guess you're just going to say it. So it doesn't matter if it's got two in it or not. But it still bugs egg out of me. It's two in. And I am,
2: I am Sean, not seen. I can see you. No. <laughs> it, <laughs> I see you right here, as, as in Seam Connery.
3: Interesting enough, though, he's S H A U N, not S H A. I am, yeah. W-N Connery's not. As in, no. But there's a lot of Sean's that, so, that do it with a W. So, and you are you, you are you, are you. I'm am, I'm am a A yes, so I'm very. <laughs> you are unique.
2: And Keith, I can't keep track of It's E I or I E. So E-I. it's always I E. I always. change it. I
3: rarely see an I E. Yeah, I rarely see that. Yeah, but he did eye. capitalize his. So yeah. you, know. and you can still the V in the K. It. You can still <laughs> it. So Capitalization is that, isn't important. Anything else we need to touch on before we close this one?
2: Thank you once again to everybody who listens to us, uh, for everybody who supports us, for everybody who who uh, is is part of our extended family uh, out there listening, and
3: uh, we love you. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. And that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean.
0: I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Cheers!
3: You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.